0: Two, one. I think we're live. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Plachat episode eighty-three. I messed it up last time, so I'm now I'm now I'm not sure, but I think it is episode eighty-three. Who um, the regular crew is back with their green screens looking like some tech producer <laughs> nerds or whatever. We've got Matt over here, we got Jonathan at the, the far end, and then we've got <laughs> Insufferable Bitch in the Um, middle
1: (laughs) i get an intro today i get an intro today after whipping some ass in terms of the predictions (laughs) i see
2: i was so i was so confused when kurt was like let's bring back avast i was like yeah Avast was fun let's do
0: that but then i remember his predictions versus ours and i was like oh fuck like (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah well almost everything came true and i'm sure avast will um we'll make sure to remind us many many times throughout the show uh, has your has your week been pleasant are you just going to be smug the entire way through what's going on here i have to
1: say i was i that simply i didn't think it was possible to be this smug honestly <laughs> legitimately i didn't think one human being could contain this much smugness like there was a point when i was watching the games you know and everything that i that i said was going to happen started happening you know and i was like wow like you know i felt good at first but it's kind of like diminishing returns of smugness. Like, I just stop. <laughs> yeah. I just can't feel any happier past a certain point. In fact, at any point, I start feeling... It's almost like being an immortal being where, like, the life's pleasures start to just, like, grow weird. It starts
2: to you, feel you know, weird you're, that so, you're so happy. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, that's the
1: thing. So, I really, I started to just the... Just started to taste a little bitter. But then at the same time, then I realized, wait a minute. I was right. So, then I felt good. So, yeah, yeah. it was good. good uh,
0: talking of life's pleasures, I've been partaking of some life's pleasures recently. I've, um... <laughs> I mean that that sounds that makes it sound salacious, doesn't <laughs> it, it? Sounds like, so like a, a
1: bathhouse or something. what actually actually like you've doing?
0: Story. I mean, I've been. Oh. Uh, so I'm. I, I've just recently been fully vaccinated, right? Johnson and Johnson, straight into the muscular system. Oh yeah. So, yeah, straight into your veins. <laughs> no, not in the veins. It's not supposed to go in the veins. You did it wrong. <laughs> Don't advise that for anybody else. <laughs> okay, but, uh, okay. So yeah, I've been. You know. I've been able to interact with strangers for the first time in over a year. And that's a really weird feeling. I don't know whether anyone else has had that, but when you've been cooped up inside for so long, I got my hair trimmed, like talking to people, I'm, I'm struggling to maintain that connection that I previously had with people. Like the ability to go there and just talk to somebody. I'm, I'm filled All with right. this, I don't know, paranoia, this sense of, this sense of otherness that it's, that it's me in my own little tribe and then everybody else. And and so I uh, yeah, it's just something I've been struggling with recently. So I, you know, I I went to talk to um I went to talk to a, a therapist about it actually. Oh. Yeah, I went in person to talk to a therapist about it and, and try and, you know, talk, get that connection back. Um and, and she said to me, Well, if you you know, we were talking it through and we were trying to explain I was trying to explain the symptoms and what's been happening and this and is how very. To personal. Resolve it. It is quite personal, but, but I, I feel like it's important to share. And, uh, yeah, she said, well, deep down in your heart, who are the people that you really trust? And don't worry, I didn't say any of you lot. I didn't say uh, any I didn't of you expect this, that, I Yeah, I didn't expect that. But she said, deep, deep in your soul, who is it that you trust the most? And I said... T-Mobile is the one that I can trust. That's who I can trust. T-Mobile is the one to trust. T-Mobile wants to be the best in the world at connecting people to their world. And with so much of our lives these days happening through a wireless connection, nothing but the best will do. We rely on wireless to do almost everything in life, almost everything from big deals to everyday connections. So if you can't rely on your network, it can have big consequences. Big. That's why you can't just trust this stuff to anyone. T-Mobile is the largest and fastest 5G network in America with coverage and speed like this. Why wouldn't you go with the best around? And what did your therapist say? Uh, Well, she thought that was very weird, actually, that I had such an interesting parasocial relationship with a company, and she told me that was extremely severe and to get it looked at. But I haven't, because T-Mobile is the one that I trust! (laughs)
1: I wasn't proud honestly I T-Mobile. didn't know I didn't know that sponsor <laughs> activation was happening I knew beforehand we were like, I were like I knew there was something about T-Mobile I was like okay and then the story started I was like wow like we're
2: getting a
1: real here on the show pretty early like I was like just because I was writing predictions one week Josh I mean it doesn't mean you have to have a breakdown like it's okay
2: <laughs>
0: you have to go see a therapist about it yeah, I mean, hey, it's healthy. If you're having those kind of issues, then go seek, uh, you know, professional help. But um, otherwise, yeah, yeah T-Mobile see. 5G, you're good. Exactly. If you if you're having wireless issues, then try out T-Mobile. And that's yeah, that's uh, that's our announcement that we're going to continue to be presented by T-Mobile for the rest of 2021. A lot uh, of fun stuff
2: we got planned.
0: Yeah, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned. We don't have items on the set right now, but we will. It will look more magenta-y by the T-Mobile. end of
2: this. Yeah. We're going to dress Josh up as a phone. No. Make a rotary phone. I don't think we've ever
1: Like, not even a cell phone. It would be like pretty the funny, old though. Ones.
0: It would be pretty funny, though, to dress you, you up as a phone. You just have to kind of scrape my body in order to yeah. get to the number. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. that'd be extremely uncomfortable. All right, we've got Overwatch <laughs> to talk about. So, uh, what the heck are we going on about here? Oh, yeah, Overwatch League began. That was kind of cool, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow,
1: yes. I missed It's all right. You know. God, I, mi- month
2: off season. I miss Overwatch League so much. Like, as soon as we started to watch the games, like, it's been fun to sit here and just bullshit about Overwatch for what if, if fell's like, forever. Uh, we ran a graphic that was, like, 188 days in between the start. Oh, yeah. Uh, long time. And it made me realize how long it was. And, God, I missed it so much. Uh, the, I think it also aided by the fact that the games this weekend, like, legitimately all of them were good. Like, all of them were interesting. Yep, most of them. Most of them were yeah, interesting. Most of them, most most of them. Of them. I, <laughs> I mean, mean it was look, a good
1: opening week. It was a good opening week. All it was a very good opening week. There are some
2: teams week. that we you know we thought they were something and they were something. You know, we 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 we, we had those expectations. Well some in. of us thought more than others. Uh, I mean some of us thought uh, more than uh, others. All right, I'm on. gonna
0: start with the team though that I don't so there's been this whole narrative about scrimbucks and stuff that I'm sure we're gonna get into because smug little insufferable bitches over <laughs> there who's just waiting to say something. But there was one team that had Scrimbucks surrounding them that paid off even more than their Scrimbucks. And for some reason, the narrative has not gone in that path. You know, it's like Scrimbucks are garbage. Oh, apart from Houston Outlaws, because they actually had all the (laughs) Scrimbucks and then cashed them in and then even went even further. So that is kind of the massive exception to the rule. And they they started out with a a serious win on their opening day alongside um, the Gladiators. The Gladiators? Right, yeah. Right, wait. Let me make sure. Let no. me make sure on that.
1: The, wait, shock. Oh, no. Shock. the shock. no. The shock. beat they just beat. They just. Yeah, they the just shock beat, shock. beat The shock oh, oh, Don't worry so about fueled. it. do no. Johnny didn't even know.
0: Fuel. I, oh, I put it there. Oh. They been they a lot of Johnny didn't even Johnny not even The shock went zero and two. Yeah, there we go. So the outlaws and the shock won on their opening day. They won those matches. Matt was, Matt was casting them. Listen, what's it like to be back in the caster booth, you little old bitch?
2: Oh, it's so good. Uh the first the first match was actually uh, with Houston and Dallas was probably a little bit more interesting from the fact that Dallas proved like they were able like to to play stuff that isn't necessarily what you would have said the meta. Like they didn't play McCree at all. Like everybody's playing McCree like 24 7. They didn't even try and play McCree. They were playing Doom, they were playing uh, you know, some sombra stuff, like and they were able to make a game out of it. Uh one of the things I think I was uh, Dallas the entire weekend, uh, I thought Sparkles Tracer was better than what people probably give him a little bit of credit for. Uh, do I think it's like up there with some of the best tracers in the league? Probably not, but like, is it serviceable? I think is like, you know, uh, a, a tracer player that you could bring in every once in a while. Yeah, probably. Uh, Houston though is the, the team that I think everybody's talking about after week one. Uh, yeah. you know, Jungu and Piggy were tremendous. I also think the support line probably didn't get a lot of love throughout the weekend, but you know, Crimson was pretty decent with Dallas uh, last year, and I thought he got off to a really good start. And then, you know, I mean, dear, dear lord, for Juby, I mean, we talk we talk about Muse, you know, kind of the 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 baptism of a fire he went through playing main tank, uh, but. Being in the, the Overwatch League for your first two games and have a match like this against Dallas and the Shock and to come out 2-0, uh, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Hey,
3: man, he was good. Like, Joby yeah. actually has some really good sound barriers and stuff, and I was, like, pleasantly surprised with that. I, I mean, <laughs> the entire team is just, like, they've dispelled all of the curses and all the misalignment fans have on this franchise now because they looked competent in a way they've never done in Overwatch League history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they actually disengage properly. They actually (laughs) engage properly. They use abilities properly. And you're like, what? I'm I'm not used to this at all. They play people on proper roles, (laughs) apart from Jake, I Uh, suppose. But for the most part, this looks like an Outlaws roster that is, like, so much more fun to watch. It looks so much better than any iteration
2: of their roster ever. I'm also happy we, uh, I mean, (laughs) I'm happy we have Happy in NA now. Like, uh, people probably didn't see too much of him playing with Guangzhou. like. In the middle of the night in APAC, I mean this this guy's aim is unreal. Uh, he's better too. He, like, he's and, improved he, so much as well. And dude, like, yeah. I I think he's he's always been like. I a think he's always been the APAC
1: region, and that's why he yeah looked better now. Like it's you no know, NA is still definitely I would say across the board. It's like when you bring in the lower half and the upper half, you know, on average, it's like a lower overall rating than APAC. I think he was just dealing with a lot tougher teams,
0: but, but and also
1: probably worse synergy in APAC. I don't think he was ever like, I don't think charge last year was ever at like no. peak synergy. So he, he definitely looks like Houston is actually just like on the same page for once in, you know, what is this now? Three years, four years of franchise. Mm. Yeah.
0: I, um, yeah, this this Houston Outlaws team turned me into a believer across week yeah. one. I mean, the thing is, with some teams, you really like you're impressed by what you've seen, but you still have a lot of questions. And don't get me wrong, like, the Houston Outlaws could still have a very mediocre season after peaking early on, but they're not gonna be trash. You can just tell immediately that this team, even at their worst moments, could not be as trash as we were thinking was possible. I, I just don't believe it anymore because when you see the quality of what they've been able to put together they'd have to unlearn so much shit that it's like the guys <laughs> from uh the guys from men in black had have to come and just mind wipe them for for them to go back to um yeah back to kind of like our fears at the beginning of the season I think that the other thing that really gave me confidence as well was just seeing Django and Piggy on such a range of roles. I wasn't expecting the meta to be this open. I thought that we would see... Yeah. I thought we would see Rush. I thought we'd see Ryan and Zarya or Ryan Diva. And then I thought we would also see some double bubble. But that that was the extent of it. That's, that's all I thought we would see. Instead, we've yeah. seen Django on ball. We've seen Piggy on Zarya with the ball. We've seen them play... Um, the 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 Winston Diva, the Winston Zarya. We've seen them play Ryan Diva, Ryan Zarya. Almost, uh, they, we saw them play Double Shield as well, which I didn't think was going to be that viable. We've essentially seen them, like, go through the gauntlet against really good teams on most team comp archetypes you could think of that a tank line would run, and they've looked very competent on all of them. So yeah. that really just, there was a big unknown for me hanging above Django and Piggy. Like, I knew they were good at some shit, are they at the same level on other stuff? I think the answer is like pretty much yeah. Like th- these guys look, um, they look better at some things than others, but there's, they're still going to be average to top level on most stuff, it seems. Yeah, for the sure. The current
1: balance is like really nice for the current patch that we're playing on and for this you know until we make a you know we get to ship we start getting to hero bands i think that this is like a really really good balance patch for for starting overwatch league on like it is really nice to see there were multiple matches throughout both regions where both teams there were 12 different heroes on the field Mm -hmm. like multiple matches and it was really really nice to finally see some some real like diversity in the cast uh, because we've always been plagued historically by just mirror matchups oh. constantly. And it is week one. First week, yeah. right? So I don't think we should go no, crazy. Did you see just the
0: stats yet. about this, Vast, actually? All heroes were played in Yeah, week I was going to say that. Yeah. Um And last year, though, talking about week one syndrome, last year, I think all heroes were played apart from Soldier 76 or something. There was like yeah. one hero that wasn't played last year. So week one does tend to be... Much more volatile in terms of the meta people haven't figured out exactly what they want to play on all maps and that kind of stuff or, or the top teams haven't played each other enough in serious environments to be able to figure out that one comp is just better perhaps but it does feel super open well i, yeah. I think yeah it just feels
2: like teams have uh instead of just kind of gone with the let's just play rush 24 7 uh opted for know certain compositions or certain tank lines just work out better on certain maps and points and game modes where in the past it's really just kind of coalesced around let's just play this uh but you don't know how long it lasts like you mentioned Mm.
3: but i think this week as well it showed that you can get away with playing so much many different compositions it's not like teams are forced to play one way because they suck at playing rush or whatever like you can win an actual matchup playing double bubble or you can win an actual matchup playing reinhardt i think when it comes to, you know, seeing how versatile a meta really is, I think there are so- certain control maps where you will actually see teams flex between like three different compositions in three different rounds, and that's to me the definition of when you have a good balanced meta. When you're forced to play different compositions on different rounds, and instead of just playing like goats on every stage sure, of sure. Oasis or something, like that's when you're really in the shitter. But when you come to maps like Busan, like we saw Reinhardt compositions on. Um, is it Control Center? Oh my God, I'm backing. Then you have yes, like yeah. Gardens, where so you play like rec- Mecha Basin, then yeah. Garden, you can play like Widowmaker, Wrecking Ball, Winston compositions. Um, Yeah. So like that—that's when you have a good meta, and I think this week showed uh, that like you can really pop off on any type of composition. It's a great meta. We saw teams like Toronto Defiant do great work on double bubble compositions. Florida Mayhem, of course, with OG, and then you also have these Reinhardt teams that excel playing the Reinhardt style and get away with it and win. Now, some of it is also map dependent, and I think you know predicting future matches. If you have an idea what the map pool is going to be, you have a big advantage because I think it's actually quite straightforward. But overall, it's a really good meta so far, and everything is pretty um, workable.
2: The Alos have set themselves up though potentially to have like a four and zero stage, right? Uh, they play Paris and London this week, yeah, coming yeah, up. absolutely, uh, yeah. Which then would also give them a you know week three off, right? Uh, because each team has like off one week in a stage, but then they would have to play in like the play in for. I know may melee uh, if they get it, but that first seed and then also the ability to not have to play any of those days and then kind of have their rest day to Sunday would be massive
0: yeah I mean that's phenomenal. I wanted to dive in a little deeper just to the outlaws Dallas match that we were just watching there before we move on to the shock because I've got a question for you guys. A lot of the talk has been about jangu coming out of the outlaws two and zero week about how impressive he was at the main tank position. and I tweeted I said that he's an absolute beast for going up against fearless Smurf and super <laughs> in his opening week as a rookie. I mean that is a trial by fire if you've ever seen one. And I said the way that I phrased it was he went toe to toe with them because I think some he managed to outplay. And sometimes he was falling behind a little bit. What were your thoughts if we just isolate it down to this match? Because a lot of people were talking about this as Fearless. There was, I remember just this match in isolation before Outlaws played against Shock later on, people were talking about Fearless getting like significantly the better of Django, which I didn't really agree Mm -hmm. with, but I did feel like that was the kind of direction it went where Fearless looked like he had more impact, but Django was still very good here.
1: This is Ryan was better, I think. I think that's really the takeaway, and people are kind of recency biasing the fact that, like, it's so much more obvious when you get Ryan difference in sure. general, just because. And also, on top of that, like, it was also that Dallas Fuel has a really good supporting cast for. I feel like Fuel in general actually has a far better supporting cast for, like, Ryan comps because I rate their support line and, you know, Doha like really highly. It's not that, you know, outlaws of supports perform badly or dante's may is bad it's just like currently favored them a little bit more but overall i actually like piggy a little or if i should say jangu a little bit more on the dive though i, I felt like Realist's Rhyme made it look a little bit better but dallas and fearless in return looked huh. a little bit worse on the dive so i think there's just a difference in where we where we currently see them on each of our compositions because there was a lot of ryan played and people just look at that visually and be like oh he got a big shatter mtd right like mtd (laughs) big shatter and so i feel like that wasn't really what happened there it was just a close match where both of them looked better at different points on different heroes
2: i also think dallas plays some shit that nobody else does that houston was way they they had to adjust like on the fly pretty much like you see them bring in the sombra here that that when you're when you're in scrims and you see teams a lot like how in overwatch in the past just kind of play mirror matchups it's a little bit more of like a Order of operation, you kind of know cool. what to do in certain situations. That you know, when Dallas comes out and they start bringing out all this other shit, right? Because they they don't have the the McCree player to kind of do the the standard matchup, and especially what they bring in is Doomfist, and he's just knocking your tank around like crazy. Uh it, It's a little bit harder to
0: judge. It's yeah. a, it's a specifically bad comp to play into as a Ryan. I may yeah. and a may yes, mm-hmm. yeah, like, may Doom like all of what? the focus is on you. Yeah, I mean, this is also doom. showed
3: in the play style as well. I think Houston Outlaws, they did a lot of backing up and like trying to bait Dallas Fuel in because Dallas Fuel knew that they had to use stuff like Amplification Matrix aggressively to gain space and push into the Houston Outlaws. But they were happy just like backing off. We were like, hey, we got Happy on McCree. We're just going to peel back. We're going to let him do the work and maybe we'll hit like a summary MP or something. And I think they play that style really well. And this is what impressed me with the Outlaws. Like they could, when they went up against the Fuel, they knew that Fuel had a weakness and they exposed it through like their playstyle, through backing off and realizing what their win condition was. And then I guess the Shock, like they, they changed that up. And I think it was beautiful how the Houston Outlaws were able to keep pace with the Shock in terms of like th- their ultimate usage, being able to not like forfeit space to the Shock when they play very aggressively and powerfully like you're scared of sometimes. No, Houston Outlaws, they stood up against that with their own yeah, amplification says. Yeah pocketing jangu and setting jangu up for success on that reinhardt so that just really impressed me that the houston outlaws were versatile in their play style and were able to very well play two different styles where one is like jangu is you know peeling back a bit more and the other being him being able to take advantage of you know happy's mccree aggressively flashbang that kind of stuff so this is well, definitely
1: the best battle for texas ever,
3: oh, oh, you know, oh yeah you know like
1: 100 and texas fan i feel like Texas fans have been in a cycle of misery for many years now for both their teams. And this is probably the first year that both teams can walk away from this. And they should be very happy and excited uh-huh. for the year because, like, especially because Outlaws, you know, people were grading them like I thought they were going to be potentially mid table, but this right now, after this week, they're looking potentially like the best team in an A currently. Like no joke, the best team in an A. Yeah,
4: like, yeah, that's uh, wild. Isn't it? Which
1: is I would never think to have said ever. And on top of that, Fuel had extremely low scrim bucks coming into the year. They lost their hit scan, which is such a crucial part of the meta right now. And they just look so adaptable well, that they brought up like element mystic strats since they're a mostly element mystic team, and they look good. They look good yeah, not playing yeah, hit scan.
2: Yeah. I mean, bro, like. It, yeah, it, it, it sucks to say, but like Xy's is such a good player. Like, could you imagine Xy's McCree in the week one? I know, with, that's that's with why up? I think like, like it's, oh my God, they would have been sick. It
1: would have been insane if they'd still had yeah. Xy for this matchup. But the fact that they're so flexible,
2: the people should actually so, be yeah. happy. People should yeah, be happy exactly. about
1: this result for Fuel. And, and the Fuel still looks like a top five team. In North America. Yeah. Could you they, imagine a match like this
2: good. in the playoffs? Like a battle for Texas in the playoffs? Like we never had it because both teams have just been so back. fucking so shite. I mean, like, fuck but... me,
0: can you imagine this at a homestand as well? If uh, we had, had yeah. this quality <laughs> yeah. at like the Dallas homestand. I, people... I mean, imagine <laughs> any of the matches like It would, just... would have been crazy. Could yeah. you imagine Outlaw Shock in person with like a fucking crowd? Like God damn man. I mean, the we're talking about this as if it's purely hypothetical, but I mean it is for North America, but there are gonna be Chinese events and yet yeah. some of the APAC teams some of the APAC matchups are gonna be this good at various other points maybe they don't have the same local rivalry at least that we engage with but it's it's gonna be nuts at some point during the season let's move on to talk about the shock though because they started their opening day running some uh unconventional stuff actually some unexpected things in their in their match against the gladiators to start I was to see them coming out the gate and playing McCree soldier on Ilios. That was the thing that to me was like, all right, (laughs) these guys have got some, some unique things planned. Um, What were your big takeaways from their relatively close win against the gladiators?
2: It was relatively close. I think that's what people probably, I think they don't, realize i think a lot of it kind of gets sucked up in like oh my god violet played mccree like that was sick but like the series was actually like really close uh i would have liked to see the gladiators play bird ring a bit more uh i know they were kind of subbing him in and out with mirror i think bird ring on like the hitscan uh bird ring and kevster i think is like the dps duo i think everybody's excited about for that team uh the Shock, though, I mean, they, they started off like how you expected them to. I think they may have gotten a little bit like too cute with all their substitutions like a little bit later, you know, when we went to Houston and saw all of that. Uh, but I think they have a larger roster this year trying to figure it out. Uh, the one thing you notice right away is how aggressive FD got is compared to Moth uh, yeah. in terms of like last year to this year. Uh, didn't hurt them in this series. It hurt them in the Houston
0: one, though. Yeah, the way that I would phrase it as well is Moth is still aggressive when he needs to be. FD God is aggressive all the time. And that, I think, is something that they're going to have to work on, actually. Because FD God, in his constant quest for value on Lucio, is sometimes not finding those right timings to go and pressure the right person. Whereas what made Moth so fantastic is that whenever there's a Widow that no one else can get to, he's the one that's like skirting up the, the... Skirting yeah. the walls, pressuring the Widowmaker, when, like, almost before the Widow is even a threat, he's anticipating it. And, you know, he's just, he's kind of surveying the battlefield until a threat emerges and then he'll go and locate it. Whereas, FD God is constantly active and that does have its advantages for, for sure. I think in this opening map when they played against the Gladiators, he got something like six environmental oh, yeah, yeah. or he's something. Crazy, he? He was, yeah. It was fucking bonkers. Um, but it's just such a different style for Shock to deal with. Uh, but yeah, it didn't. It didn't really hurt them in this match. In this one, it was just interesting to see Moth and FD got both playing in the same game. You could visually see how they <laughs> yeah. were playing se- uh, different. Unreal. Yeah,
3: I think I think th- this was also. Um, I think this also showed Shock's competence a little bit because they came out on map one, and I feel like they really respected the Gladiators' like double bubble composition on Elio's, and decided, hey, we're gonna play Rhine instead, and like we're gonna rely on our Reiner compositions too um like expose the gladiator's dives and you know we play the double hit scan composition and we can like have like a multi-pronged kind of angle and try to uh, beat the gladiators but then as we move over to Eichenwalde and Shock just gets to play the Reinhardt comp and just manhandle the Gladiators and just beat them straight up in this one. I think that really shows Shock's strength currently in scrims and like what they're best at when it comes to these compositions. But then they also realize they're the gladiators. Like this is a really good opponent and we don't feel competent playing straight up double bubble. That might be a hot take. I don't know if you agree with that, if you think that Shock is a really good double bubble team, but um, it showed to me that Shock would prefer to just play more Reinhardt um, against some of these better teams.
1: I actually, you know, I, I, not only do I agree with your take, I feel like we were watching different matches when someone said this match was close. Because I don't think this match was that close, in my personal opinion. I, they kind of got rolled on both Hanamura and also on, on also on Gibraltar. Gibraltar, like yeah. they got dominated on both those maps. Like I think Ilios was relatively close. I think Iqibald was okay, but I think they got rolled on two maps of this series. And like personally, I, I but I do agree with the double bubble. And but I don't know if that's because of like the crusty crack pipe hit indifferent again this season <laughs> Dude, early on
3: Gladiators were boomed the entire weekend yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And, 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 they, they, i don't, they, I don't came think on DPS they good. were boomed the,
1: and I, the... I think they were not comfortable on ryan either and i don't think it was only because of muse like i don't think muse's ryan was like great but i don't think it was because of muse i think Kepster's may was subpar during this performance i also felt like the way that space was playing was like not nearly giving enough value to his team when you see so much value given to the off tank right now like it's not that space like I feel like people are afraid to talk about it because Space is such a popular player and he's always been traditionally so good, but he did not look like the Space we've seen for previous seasons this weekend at all. He just didn't. He didn't look that good. But I don't think that's because Space, it doesn't have the potential to be really good in top tier in the future. It's just this this weekend, he did not look that
0: good. Let's dig into the Gladiators aspect of this more then because the shock we're going to talk about later when they play against the Outlaws, but the Gladiators had... um, so, I mean, this is just Scrim Bucks all out the wazoo. People rating them <laughs> number one. People it's not just Scrim Bucks,
2: though. They're well, the they,
0: roster, the roster on strong. paper. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Their roster, the on, roster paper good, on paper is good, but their roster on paper isn't enough for people to put them in the number one position in the preseason power rankings, I don't think. The, what fed into that was this idea that they are actually the best in scrims right now, too. Um, and whereas that seemed to be uh, very valid for teams like Houston... But the Gladiators, it didn't pay off in the slightest. And I think it's got people thinking already this early on in the season, are we going to see a Gladiators (laughs) Uh underperformance? Are we going to see a team that should be able to succeed, not be able to fulfill their potential? Are they going to choke? All of these questions start rearing their head when you have a team with such high expectations. And not just high expectations from on-paper value, high expectations set upon themselves by their own performance in practice. I feel like that is, this is where Scrimbucks are actually useful, in my opinion, is because if there is a massive difference between Scrimbucks and real performance, you, you, there, is, there is an issue with bringing that performance to matches, whether it's confidence, whether it's overconfidence, whether it's uh, people forgetting what they're supposed to also. do and losing themselves, whatever Ignition. it is.
1: I mean, also, you can take into account that that like, everyone approaches scrims differently. Like, was Gladiators dominating a bunch of teams that were just starting scrimming? Were these teams, were they taking the same objectives as Gladiators? Were Gladiators trying to win every scrim while every other team they played was trying to improve? I feel like we look at scrims as if like, oh, you know, they're not translating the results to scrims, so something's going wrong, right? Which can be true, but also... Results in scrims could just mean that these two teams have entirely different objectives in their yeah. scrims and how they're approaching it, right? Like, definitely. Like, I feel like people are looking at this as a binary thing when, like, that's the reality of why Scrim Bucks. I really hark on Scrim Bucks really, really hard because of, the, and I just, because of the fact that, like, teams have entirely different objectives in their scrims. Mm-hmm. They can be playing in whole different compositions, right, for, like, a week or two weeks at a time and then suddenly swap in the next, in the next scrim block for the next week. So until we know what every team's objective is in the scrims that are playing, we simply can't assign any value, right? But for Gladiators, we can, because it's not just about scrim bucks. This roster should be good. This roster yeah. should be good. And on financially, too, the Gladiators, this roster was not cheap. When you look at, like, Valiant, where they're out there, like, they're going on the streets like, yo, you want to play Overwatch? Rush League, come on, come on in. Like when you go, when you're doing that, when you're doing like teams like Boston, they're spending very small amounts of money and you have the amount of money probably transferring hands with buyouts of Gladiators. Everything points to this roster should be way better than it performed. Everything points to it should be.
0: Well, here's Uh, here's my question as well, though. Do you genuinely have to be concerned in a week where they lose to Shock and Gladiator, uh, sorry, Shock and Dallas right now? Or is this a a scenario where you're basing them like poor performance on the Uh, eye test? uh, Yeah. If, if they sorry. would have beaten Dallas, I probably
2: wouldn't be as concerned. But losing to Dallas, especially when you know that Dallas can't play like McCree, they can't play any of that stuff, and they're still trying to like, you know, do do what they can do with uh, you know, the the Doomfists and whatnot. Even with XE, you may have even said you like the Gladiators roster better. Uh, Houston lost to to Dallas, though.
0: Oh, sorry. Houston almost lost to Dallas. Let me add the correct word in there to make that a true sentence. Yeah, but Houston
1: looks like the best team in NA, right? So,
0: like, currently my opinion. That's my point, is that the the currently looking at, like, on paper, or not on paper, but, like, via the eye test and via record, best team in NA was essentially one team fight away from losing to Dallas Uh, if they had got full held on on Havana by that double shield card. And then at that point, we're talking about, you know, we we're talking about things very differently here, where gladiators are a lot of two extremely no, good teams. I, it was the way the gladiators lost, though. Yeah. Like, right. this was not a composed, disciplined
3: team. This to me looked like the Los Angeles gladiators of the past couple of seasons. Like, they play very aggressively. This is a volatile team. And I can imagine that it's very difficult to play against the Gladiators in scrims, because when you go into a scrim and try to practice and Gladiators they just like leap at you and they just bring, they try to bring these like individually skilled plays. They, I don't want to say that it's ranked, but it's very much driven in the like every player on the team can pop off and contribute. When you look at some of the other Overwatch League teams, they play like Compose, like the Houston Outlaws. They play around a strategy, uh, they ha- they're they way more coordinated. Gladius to me still feels like a team that is driven by pushing the tempo and then just having individual pieces pop off. And I said this early on in our Power Rankings episode, when we did the entire league. When I said that I had doubts about the Gladius, it was because they're bringing so many new pieces in. Like they have a new main tank. It's going to take some time to adjust playing uh, with space for Muse, that is. Kevser is still playing from Sweden. He has high ping. Yes. So yeah, his May probably suffered because he has to place May Mei- walls on like 150 ping. He has to throw out blizzards and gets flashbanged like on 150 ping. And then you have a new backline. They played both Skewed and Shu. Like we didn't even know what to think about Skewed going into <laughs> yeah. the league. No. He's just like an anomaly. And then Moth is trying to adjust playing with Shu as well. So I, there's so much stuff for this Gladius roster to figure out. And I do think that they're going to be really good in the end if they figure out a proper. Identity for this team, if they have like, you know, a play style realization. This is the team we're trying to be. But for now, it feels very much like a scrim kind of individually based team, and they need to figure that out. And I think they'll be good. But for right now, th- this is everything I warned about in our Power Rankings episode. Like they're they're just
2: like all over the place. And they have two like trappish games coming up this week. Uh, they play London. Uh, it'll be London's I think first game of the season. Uh, or is it their? Uh... Yeah, they play London on Friday. Uh, so that'll be London's first game of the season. You expect London to be pretty strong with like rush style compositions and see how they fare with that. I'm really interested in Gladiators Boston. Yes. I- I be, yeah, I think that'll be I think
0: that'll be a they've historically a lost that... to Boston a lot in the past. Right. I know that, that it... doesn't really mean much because it's a different team, but the, the franchises have not matched up favorably well, for gladiators boston is
2: going to play a very organized style of game like you say the outlaws play that's kind of just traditionally how boston has always played and their roster is upgraded this year right uh you, you think their roster is a bit better that, that could I mean, be I a, think very...
1: Upgrade's a very think a very as an understatement right upgrade would be like you know <laughs> i get a, a can now i was, was, about, to say, I was
2: about to say, say they i was about to say they couldn't downgrade but maybe they could have uh you know uh it's going to be, I think that series will be really telling of like where the Gladiators are at. Has uh, anyone? I think Boston's pretty solid.
0: Has anyone taken a look at how many maps Moth has won so far? In Jake has won more, Jake's won more maps Jake's on on more map than Moth. Jake won more maps on support season, Yeah. yeah. But, so, yeah. What, but I don't think that's anything to do with Moth. Well, actually, I, think
1: I, don't think, I don't think Moth, well, actually, no, no, yeah, I don't think Moth has won a map still. Because the only maps Gladiators won versus Shock, also speaking of the Soldier 76 were the was when Shock played Soldier. So yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's like, there are some weird stats already coming up. But I am I am actually that, I, worried with this team. When still, when Moth comes
0: in, though, when Moth comes in, they're going to be playing more of the Reinhardt stuff, right? That's yeah. the reason he's in. He's in to play Lucio. He's in to do that. If they want to play the double backline with uh, the Anna Brig, they're going to play Shoe and Skewed. So does that, this stat, more so than being an indictment of Moth, is more of an indictment of their rush style, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, also, I think... Yeah. I, I also am not a fan... It's not that I think... It has nothing to do with Skewed. Like, Skewed looked pretty good on Brigida. Like, Skewed looked perfectly fine, everyone on Brigida, nothing wrong. I'm not a huge fan of this rotating backline for Gladiator simply because it... What was the point of picking up Moth when half of his value as a player is how vocal he is and how good of a leader he is? And you're going to rotate him out like for half the comps you play, right? Like, and how... Like, I'm always way bigger a fan in general of keeping the same backline. It's one of those things where, like, tank lines and backlines... I prefer to always have the same players in In general. DPS rotate them as you want, you know? But I always prefer to have the same back lines and front lines. But especially for Moth for this team, why like Moth, amazing mechanics, definitely very strong player. Like he's top at his role, but a lot of his value is because of his calls and how strong he is as a leader and yeah. able to push his team. Why are we why are they rotating him out half the time? You know, like I feel like they're they're taking a huge piece. And they're essentially only using half of it you know like it's it's very interesting to me that this is what Gladiator's style is and it i'm sure skewed look great on brigida like he didn't look bad it's just it seems to me it's gonna build it's really lowering some of the value of picking them off
3: i i would love to have like insight as to what their like stra- strategic decisions were compositional choices were in some of these matchups i'm sure there's like a reason to it and i always prefer to give coaches and players who select compositions, like, the benefit of the doubt. Like, sometimes you have a plan, it doesn't work out, it looks terrible. But, like, there was a good reason why you picked a certain composition. But, like, for example, go, going forward to gladiators playing as the Dallas Fuel, like, why did they play Wrecking Ball on Blizzard World? Like, I'd love to know that, because personally, I wouldn't have thought yeah. that that was their yeah. best option to win. And it just felt like many times throughout the weekend, gladiators decided to sub-in skewed or sub out or or sub in sub out mouth at moments where I didn't quite understand. And there's probably a reason to it, but it felt a bit all over the place. Um and hard for the
2: players to like find some kind of consistency with it. But the best teams have always been able, Johnny, to make those adjustments compositionally like during the match. Like uh you look yeah, at it felt overdone. Like yeah, I think I think probably I think probably to a vast point. I think probably just too many moving parts in the roster. Between I, I think they put mirror on the off tank at one uh, point to sub they out Spades, yeah. and then and then uh, you have the supports moving around, and it's especially with a new main tank having that many moving parts can't be the can be uh, the best yeah, thing to kind of
0: work him into the roster. I feel like a, a rotating backline would be would be feasible. But I really hate rotating tank lines. Like, I'm, I'm not as strict as Avast where he wants four players in all the time. But, like, making swaps with your tank line, especially rotating Mirror into that position, it dilutes Mirror's role on the team. It dilutes Space's role on the team. It's not like there's a shit ton of off-tanks and it's impossible to practice them all. We're not talking about a DPS player here that has an enormous responsibility with learning so many heroes. The, the off-tanks are very different from one another, and that makes yeah. it hard for somebody to be excellent at all of them. But the current crop of off-tanks in the league is not, it's not the same as our 2018 off-tanks, who were just diva one-tricks. That is not the same situation that we currently have. Everybody that's currently in the league, or at least almost everybody, is competent at the full, the full amount of off-tanks, or at least most of them. And that... Doesn't seem to be something that you should be accounting for throughout your season. Like going in day one of your season, I don't agree that the plan should be Space doesn't have to learn Zarya. That's Mirror's role. That to me does not. But they played. But they played Space
2: sense. on Zarya in map number
0: one. Yeah, as part of like of the, a rotation of the, with the control map, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but they're, they're trying to be like. But okay. then for maps
1: where they're only going to play Zarya, they have Mirror in because yeah,
0: you know, yeah. Just, I don't like people it. People think, think that Mirror Zarya decision. is
1: his best hero. They, legit people do legitimately believe that Mirrors, Zarya is his best hero, so
0: that that's that's fine. But I don't think that that's a good way of running a team. Like it's especially with synergy with a new tank, somebody like tough, a new yeah. coming
3: in. Yeah, I feel like you need to work on the fundamentals here. But again, okay. like I, I I don't know. I feel I I feel bad because I I don't know better than the Gladiators. Like they they scrim. They've had like 188 days to figure this out. So there's reason to it but I don't know it's a bit, yeah, I mean they know their team better than we do from right the outside. Yeah. yeah they know they know way better than us yeah some of them Pe- anyway
0: people definitely still make mistakes even when they should know better though you know um yep i want to i want to talk about the florida, the florida mayhem here because it's time for insufferable bitch to come out the the right. tomfoolery chuck it out the window we're talking we about go. We're talking about a really interesting match here between Florida and Atlanta to to open things up, but then we can go on to the next Florida game too. This game was real interesting because coming into it, I I you know I'd been talking to some of the coaches and stuff that had been scrimming against these teams, and they'd essentially told me like Florida's excellent at dive, Atlanta's excellent at rush. It's gonna come down to the map pool, and that was true to to a broad extent. But it didn't tell the entire story because the deeper we got into the series, the more Florida decided to just turn the maps and kind of impose their will upon them instead of letting, oh, yeah, this is just a rush map. Can't do anything. We just give it up. <laughs> so, first of all, smugness. Let it begin.
1: Yeah. Let's. So- uh, so first, I'm going to say this also wasn't the first match that Scrimbucks turned their head, by the way. Fuel turned Scrimbucks on their head too in their match. Like, with their matches, like, Fuel looked way better than what people were saying they were doing in Scrims. So that, this wasn't the first instance. Cool. But this is the most public, and this is when my smugness reached peak levels. And I'm once again going to give the statement that the reason we can't trust Scrims is not because of just who's playing good, who's playing bad. It's because we literally do not know the objective of the teams playing in Scrims and what, how the results turn out, right? We don't know what they're hoping to achieve. We don't know the comps they're running. We don't know anything of, like, what's going on. Like, someone could just be having a real shit day. Maybe one of the players ate too many spicy noodles that day, and they're fucking <laughs> shitting themselves the whole scrim. Like, we literally don't know what's happening in scrims. So when people... Like, I had a... a you know, you are not supposed to get mad at Twitter. And I generally don't get mad at Twitter. But, I, you know, I've gotten past it. But someone... Retweeted me once when I when I reached peak smug levels after the first Atlanta loss for Florida. And it's like imagine this brain dead take. You don't want more data in the Overwatch League. You're rejecting data. I'm like it's not rejecting data. Do I give a shit how many hairs Johnny has on his leg? That's more data for the Overwatch League, but it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter because I can't interpret that in any way. What does Johnny's hairs have? Been, how many hairs on his leg have to do with the te- how well the teams are gonna do in the matches? The answer wow. is zero. The answer is zero, and that's why the whole point of Scrimbucks. Why i don't like talking about them is because we do not know what is happening in the scrims or what the objectives of the teams are okay scrim box rant over no, finally
3: i, I just want to add that the, the best part about this weekend when it came to the screen box the funniest mm-hmm. part was when houston beat shock and all of these <laughs> fucking analysts started trying to cash in their screen box after being wrong on fuel atlanta
1: I told
2: you bro Scrimbox paying
3: off dude and I was like okay and that's
1: why it's like you know that's why like sometimes we are going to have teams that ju- that actually do perform well that perform well based on the results right and that doesn't mean inherently scrimbucks are right or but wrong I mean, it also means that like Houston
0: overperformed scrimbucks no, by yeah. via their scrimbugs, yeah. they wouldn't have beaten shock. That it would. That was yeah. not. Predicted. That's also true. It was. It was true that people were predicting Houston <clears> to be <throat> way better than they were on paper. Like that is, you know, that was that was valuable. But I I totally agree with you, Vast. The the best way that I've had it described before you decided to make the analogy about Jonathan's hairs on his leg was that it's a signal to noise ratio thing. You can add way more data in, but passing the signal from the noise is difficult. And you know that match data is what all of the teams are aiming to be good at. You, you don't know that everyone's aiming to be good in scrims. And you also know that there's been a history in esports of not being able to translate that. Now, having said that, the match at hand, it was still a very close game. Uh, and I think everyone was expecting it. To, well, actually, I want to start there, Avast. You never bought into Ava, uh, Atlanta in the slightest. Nope. Never did. Would you say, just from this game, ignoring their, their next loss, the Atlanta reign in that reverse sweep, did you feel more good about Atlanta coming out of I, this game, despite like the fact Atlanta, it was a loss?
1: I think Atlanta fit exactly where my expectations were. They were going to be better than last year. But they're still going to have all the exact same problems. And that's exactly what happened. And also on top of that, we're, I feel like a lot of people are ignoring the fact that this meta Rain looks really good because Gator and Hawk get to be in roles that they're very comfortable with, which is they get to play a lot of Reinhardt. They're getting to play a lot of D.Va. They're playing a very Rush style. Like, this is a meta where their tanks feel comfortable historically. They've been always very solid at that. Like, obviously, they didn't look great in GOATs. But I wouldn't totally blame that on those two players, or like, or you know, some of the more dive stuff for last year necessarily, or the rush stuff. Like, they didn't look great all the time, but that's not because of them totally. It was just because of like coaching issues and like player rotation and things like that. Like, they have a much better support line now. I think Iris on low ping looks a lot better than he did last year. Looks a lot better. He does rain legitimately looked better. But you know, this is the second mini rant. I I just don't know. Like, obviously, we had the whole screenbook thing. I just don't understand why people are so low on Mayhem. Yaki is still a top three player in his role, man. He's not a top three tracer necessarily, but his flex play is amazing. This man won them, Ilios. Ah, uh, Yaki literally oh, yeah. won them, Ilios. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and, it was and a game changer. the series, right? Like, he's just so fucking good. And BQB also still looking really good. Don't know why anyone was ever down on BQB. Doesn't make any sense to me how people are still down on BQB. But regardless of all that, I do think that like Rain looked better. They looked better I... than I than last year, but they are still going to look to be like a mid-table team that's really good in rush.
3: I will say though that I think Florida Mayhem benefited from the exaggeration that rush was meta because yeah. when they got come come out and like got to play double bubble, I think a lot of people were surprised like how good and efficient they were playing that composition. Because I'll tell you, when Florida Mayhem played against Titans and were forced on some of these maps to play Reinhardt comps, they looked like they could lose to most of the teams in the league i mean they look dog shit i was
0: i was really struggling casting that match to not just be roasting them on the regular because (laughs) i I tried to phrase it as just like an interesting way of playing rush with the rhine sigma where you split your team a lot that would get shit on by any good rush team i i'm sorry but i just feel like it completely would no i know and that's
1: agreed i agree mayhem actually currently doesn't look as good as I rated them preseason. They look better than teams are rating them, but they don't, or people are rating them overall. But they actually do look pretty weak on rush.
0: I I think How, that, um, I think that these two teams were direct opposites to me. Like Atlanta, well, yeah, Atlanta look really solid in the rush comps. I feel like they 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 love playing them. They force it a little too much, and that's probably going to be their downfall because it's not viable on over 50% of maps in the pool. At least it doesn't feel like it from the outside in. You need to be good at the other comps too. And I feel like they're, they're looking pretty decent on other things. I actually would go further with Atlanta than you have asked as well and say that I think that they look like they have an overall team improvement, not just player improvement or comfort roles, but even when they're playing the double bubble stuff. Last year's Atlanta felt to me just like the kids who didn't give a fuck who were shitting on the nerds. like, And maybe that was influenced by Baby <laughs> Bay's personality a little, but... They just love clowning on, on bad teams. By the way, Baby Bay is a lovely fella. <laughs> oh, no, he really is. He really is. But, yeah. but like the... the uh... He's the cool guy who hangs out with the nerds. <laughs> he is. But That's how the... awesome he is. Last year, to me, Atlanta were just getting by just by virtue of their, their individual ability. There was barely any teamwork involved in what they were doing. They were just skilling it. And they could beat the bad teams because they were just better players. But they couldn't beat any good teams. They didn't have a hope. This team, to me, looks like it's made some fundamental improvements in terms of the synergy. They're so coordinated in the way that they play Rush, which is a lot better than they were last season whenever they played this style. And their double bubble looks like it has some potential. Like They understand how the comp works. I think they're suffering at the moment because they don't have that dedicated tracer player. I know that people love to talk about how good Edison is and Pelican is, but those guys aren't... They're not tracer specialists in the same way that someone like Yaki is a tracer specialist. They, they They're just not. They're not edison's been the closest that we've seen but they've still had to run pelican on the tracer at times and when they play this comp it feels like they don't have that synergy with someone in the front line and gator that's able to execute these clinical dives the, the tank play looks decent the support play looks decent for me i was confused as to why i was underwhelmed by the atlanta dps despite that being on paper the best part of their roster if only really, you're underwhelmed by were you I, was by I was underwhelmed by Pelican's bear. Tracer absolutely did you think Pelican okay, played sure, a good I'll Tracer, take his tracer but, yeah.
1: but the rest of his stuff a, I thought was the rest of his really stuff is
0: sublime amazing. like the, the echo yeah. and shit it's all fantastic but when Tracer is such a foundational part of what makes these comps work I think it's going to be a bit of a low key stumbling block for the Atlanta Reign unless one of their players I would love to see even Edison is just your Tracer specialist hardcore specializing Tracer motherfucker leave the long range hits scan kind of Kai he's better than you he's better at it than you leave the flex DPS stuff to Pelican. He's better at it than you. You have a wealth of DPS on this team, which means that your guy that's kind of stuck in the middle here appears to be Edison. Have him be the tracer specialist and try and get him to as good as he can possibly be. I that think Fier- Isn't play- that what they I did in like the, the second series?
2: Uh but not with Edison on the tracer. They put Pelican on the tracer. They played Kai a
0: lot. Yeah. Uh, they played Kai. They Zuygen. played Kai Pelican when they wanted to play Ash Tracer. And that to me is the wrong way of going about things. Like yeah. maybe it gives you the flexibility to play Ash Echo if you want to play it, but
1: it I mean you don't want to you don't want to ever be playing Ash Echo for the most part because also that was something else. The general trend teams in A didn't want to play Mercy. Don't know why they want to play Mercy. Don't want to play Mercy at all with the Echo. I think the Mercy is really good for the Echo because she's just without Mercy she's just slightly better Farah, you know. So like I don't know why teams don't want to play Mercy, but yeah I agree.
3: Uh, I'm looking back at some of these maps. Do you think they played Pelican instead of Edison because they wanted Pelican to play like May on some of these points? Maybe. I mean, I think having, just
1: having Pelican in general allows you to be more flexible than Edison. Like the reality is yeah. you need to have a flex DPS player in. Currently, right now for the meta, you have to have a flex DPS player in. You do. Mm-hmm. Like you need to have yeah. someone in at all times. Pelican is their flex DPS. And the reality is like they would rather play Pelican on the Tracer and have him flex than put Edison in and get stuck with you have to play double hit scan or tracer hit scan now. And mm-hmm. I think that's currently the problem with the rain is the fact they don't have someone that can play, like you said, Josh, tracer at like the top, top level, it seems currently, because you sort of have to have a player that can flex the tracer and be good at it. Yeah. Because you need to have like someone that plays hit scan or someone that has flex DPS. Well, and one of those two players have to be able to play tracer.
0: Oh, listen, accept the fact that you don't have a top-tier Tracer that's possibly in, and craft strategies around that. Yeah, that that's viable as well. I mean, you can try and do that if you want to do that. Yeah, but- it is viable. Yeah. I do think yeah. Tracer is
1: kind of fundamental to the meta still. I still think Tracer... It's having crazy. To the he always is. is
0: yeah.
3: yeah. Before we leave this topic, can I uh, pressure Avast a little bit? Do you think uh, Frodo Mayhem is outright better than Atlant Rain, or can I get away with saying that Frodo Mayhem got lucky with the map pool between the two?
1: No, I think Mayhem are a better team. I think maybe oh, right think so? now you you could argue. I think you could make the argument currently the Matt pool played a hand because of the meta. But as the season goes on, until I see some major improvements from the Rain, I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that Rain will ever long term be a better team than
3: Mayhem. Yeah. I don't I I don't Atlanta think Atlanta Rain were. could have done better in this series, but they had to play. Like, Illyos. I'll give you that. I'll give they you that. They had to play Gibraltar, and then they played Hanamura. Hanamura, though, I will say, this hold by Florida Mayhem here with yeah. double bubble was insane. It was really but, good. I do feel like Atlanta Rain, but that's the problem with it.
1: The, But that's still like we're looking at a very short term answer, right? And like I view like a lot of my views for like long term sort of the early season predictions and like. I just yeah. rain. If they're gonna run into problems, we're like, oh, the map pool's the issue here, right? Well, I was like, well, I mean, that's just not gonna hold up in the court of let's get top five in Overwatch League, you know? Like I you mean, need to like have good map pools and be flexible and be like, and Mayhem has all of those strengths, and yeah. Rain right now for me doesn't. This I... is why
3: I said on power rankings that Atlanta Rain was way too high because when they can't play rush, they're gonna go down. It's gonna happen a, like throughout the season, they're gonna go down the standings.
0: People didn't listen. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. People didn't listen. People to didn't listen. Her boss of it. L- listen. Listen, listen, ah. listen. The, the Atlanta... <laughs> the, the fact... Listen here. The fact that we... The fact that Platchap has become the place of the Atlanta... Um, what What's it called? Like, uh, excuse Overhype. machine is... Yeah is a tragedy because the main culprit for bigging up Atlanta was fucking Custer. He was in here so convinced that Atlanta was going to be the best. And then he's just skedaddled off and he's left us with the baggage of having I to like explain it. that's a
1: consistent it. problem is that Custer hits you guys with a papige take and you guys are sitting there like a pain for it forever. Like, where is uh, Someone bring me Scott so we can, we yeah. but, but here's,
0: I, I'm going to, I'm going to double down on it though. I'm going to, I'm going to oh. still continue to represent <laughs> Atlanta here. I, I, even with a Norton 2 week, I still feel pretty decent about the Atlanta Reign. Because... What is they, decent
1: for you? Decent as gatekeeper. in, like, your top of NA or, like, gatekeeper teams?
0: Well, I didn't think they were going to be top of NA for starters. Like, putting them in the, your tier 1 of NA I thought was ridiculous. They were, they were still... There's still a tier... Uh, two, there's still a big tier gap between the teams they, that we had as potentially winning and the teams that were underneath that. But that's fair. We did have them power-ranked as, like, the best team in tier 2. So I don't think that they're gonna be the best team at Tier Two. I do think that they're still gonna be very firmly in that tier two position. And I think they're gonna be able to steal wins against some of the top teams when they're on an off day. Like if Atlanta played against Gladiators right now, I'd be still considering taking Atlanta in that prediction. Yeah. And if I actually yeah. I
1: can totally stand I could totally agree with that. They're, and uh, if
0: Atlanta were stand. playing against Dallas, for example, as well, I could I could be convinced to take Atlanta there too, depending on what the map pool looked like, whether I thought Atlanta had adequately prepared against the Dallas Fuel's weird comps that they're running, that kind of shit. Like, to me, when I'm looking at Atlanta, I even maybe feel better about them in the short term than Florida, despite the fact that they fucking lost to them. The reason being that I am so down on on Florida's rush comp right now, despite the fact that their their double bubble looks really strong. To me, that is a concern they need to fix and that part of their game is more concerning than atlanta's double bubble in my opinion like the mayhem rush is worse than the atlanta double bubble but atlanta aren't even trying to opt into double bubble so that that to me is like a fundamental flaw with their strategy that i would want to see them try and flesh out their 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 strats more don't just try and force the rush on every single map don't try and turn blizzard world into a rush map that's not a rush map. Come on, let's be reasonable about this. But at the same time, I'm still not too uh, low on Atlanta.
2: They both play the same teams. Uh, they, They have an off week this week. They play the same teams week three. They both play the Shock, and they both play Paris.
0: See that's Atlanta tough because... may end
2: up with like a one in three stage and not make qualifications for May Melee. Well,
1: well, yeah, and I think that would be perfectly reasonable still for Atlanta. Like, I just I think this team it's better than last year. It's looking pretty solidly mid table to maybe upper tier two. It just they just still don't have the flexibility. It seems to beat any other teams long term. And I also don't agree. I don't totally agree with you on the rush. I agree with you very short term on the rush with Atlanta, but long term like generally rush falls out of favor it does
0: yes over does.
1: time and on top of that like it's already shown with the current meta that you don't need rush i really don't think you're going to need rush i think double bubble and winston diva and things like that or you know and, and even like some like winston sigmar so you know some crazy stuff like you're going to see comps as teams get better at it and refine it that you won't need rush at all honestly for a lot of the maps and so Can i'm I not general, feeling that low
2: on that uh, uh... I think also like it was a really good point by you have asked like I think some of the DPS players that are going to be like most valuable this first stage at least from what it looks looks like is players like Yaki uh, players like Dante who can play like may echo and then it can also play tracer at a high level as well. Uh, it, it allows your team not to have to sub in just the, the the move the world in the ocean to try and figure out who the fuck is in and out. Uh probably a reason i'm i'm pretty excited this next upcoming week to see what the justice looks like i think that you know with a assassin and decay that could be a really really sick combo imagine um
3: the fact we could miss out on atlanta and the Gladiators for our first main melee playoffs no i was just thinking i was like is that
2: i was like this season is uh it's just with how little games there are i love it because each game matters so much more But to think that like Atlanta starts off their season like, you know, twenty-five percent of the season, one and three, just like that's brutal. There
0: will be some teams because the top six goes through to the qualifier, there will inevitably be some teams that go through on a one and three record. That will happen in every single stage. Because if it was two and two, that would be two and two across the board. But there are gonna be some teams that are three and one in a stage, which means there's gonna be some teams that are at sixth place who are one and three. So I think, you know, that's not a death sentence. It's going to come down to a lot of, uh, what do they call it, map advantage and map differential, that Yeah, and stuff. I mean, it'll be difficult
2: for those teams to make it all the way through, right? Uh, From playing from a uh three through six seed, you'd have to win twice, where the teams at one and two only need to win one game
0: to make it to the sure. Hawaii top four. So Let's talk about the Gladiators then, because they also lost to the Dallas Fuel this week. And uh, we talked a little bit about the Shock game. This loss to the Dallas Fuel I think cemented in people's minds that Dallas aren't as bad as people expected. I think that was already known after the, the Houston game too and that the Gladiators have potentially a bit of an issue. We have it as upsets question mark. What do you what do you guys <laughs> think? What do you no, Is this an upset right that. now and is this going to be an upset longer term?
1: I don't think so. I think looking at how Fuel performed, Fuel looked like the better team right now like just 100%. Like on paper, once again, Gladiators probably should be the better team. But Fuel, right now, like, also the Fuel Tank line is just, no matter what the other criticisms were, the Fuel Tank line's elite. The Fuel yeah. Tank line, Hanbin, that guy literally has quite possibly, like, if he, he's, he's just, he dicks so hard. He just, he honestly just <laughs> dicks so hard. Like, it's crazy how good Hanbin is. Fearless is amazing. And Sparkle surprised, he definitely surprised me, at least on his tracer. Sparkle having a good tracer showed that this team has hope long term okay even though they don't hit
2: scan him if if he can play tracer like you know how i just talked about like dante and yaki if he can start to get his tracer up near where they are he's not there yet Uh, yeah he's not there yet not not, but if he can work on it to get it closer i mean he is another player in that category that is devastating to have in all the time my hot take is that i think people are overrating sparkles tracer already
3: I think this series, Uh, a lot of people are talking about it. Maybe I'm just like hanging around like people who repeat themselves. But like, I feel like so many people are like, Sparkle's Tracer is like really good. And I'm like, well, Gladius didn't really do anything this (laughs) Uh... series to even try to mitigate it. Like, if I think that they should have played Birdring on McCree so much more than they did. And they did it just until they were down like 2-0. And then finally Birdring on Tracer, like Sparkle was forced to flex and play other heroes and stuff. But I think Sparkle, he's very good mechanically. Like, don't get me wrong, he knows how to shoot players with his crosshair. But I feel like you could have abused, like, his positioning, his blink usage, stuff like that, by playing, like, a more, a hero with more threat, like McCree, for example. And that could have been a weak point of the Dallas Fuel. But gladiators in this series, they just, like, played into the Dallas Fuel wheelhouse. Like, they just let Dallas Fuel play the game they wanted to, and that's where you really saw how good the Dallas Fuel can be and their true potential. But the Gladys didn't try to expose their weakness or like try to make the game difficult for them. And that was my biggest issue with this game personally. I think Dallas Fuel is a great team, but I feel like that, you know, if you play them the right way, it's like they're forced to play
2: with mouse acceleration on the entire series. But the Gladys just let them play like their comfort zone. And I And I think when we talk about Sparkles Tracer, I'm not saying it's like, even in the upper echelons of the league, I think it's just
1: no, no. no I'm not saying it's it, only
2: you, but like yeah, yeah. a few people know. It gets oh, the I, job like, done. Yeah, it's reliable. It, it is. You know? it, if he selects it, is it a throw? No, but like, is is he gonna win the game on it? No, I, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, so, I'm sorry, in Matt, the Sorry, Matt.
3: One yeah. more ridiculous thing. Very short. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> sorry, Josh. Your opinion: Would you rather have? Flat on tracer or spark on tracer and is it close
1: i mean no it's no that's, wait, not
3: close. Wait, that's not <laughs> in the slightest had, bit is there somebody close.
2: who made that argument
0: no i'm i'm not oh, I'm i was gonna say i was like who the, the fuck is that i, I, okay, know I would Pini consider as tracer
3: last year so i'm just you know
0: no, no no i i i was a fan of flair tracer but i said that he wasn't the best tracer i was arguing very heavily against him being classed as the best Tracer yeah, in the I world. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's yeah. a good um, take. But, yeah, I okay. but, but I do think that what Flair is excellent at on Tracer is the coordination with his team and the right timings on everything that he goes for. And for Sparkle, when I watch him, it, he's trying to bully other people with <laughs> like superior aim. He wants to force duels <laughs> as much as possible and like win win the fights out quickly when he tries to take Tracer 1v1s and when he's trying to, trying to get into the back lines and stuff. I don't think there's as much natural... Um, like timing based stuff that he that he's I don't know the longer the fight goes on the more he finds himself getting like kind of running out of abilities and finding himself kind of stuck (laughs) in a poorer position I don't think he plans ahead as much as top tier tracers do in terms of how to engage in and how to be able to get close to people before he goes for these engages but he's still he's still decent like I think he performed better than happy for example when happy played on the tracer um, for a, that short period of time when the Houston Outlaws were trying to run. I think it was like Echo Tracer, so Dante was off it. Like, I think Sparkle was a more serviceable tracer than Happy was in that instance. So if you've got somebody like that, then it's not going to be... It's not probably not going to be losing you games unless you're playing against the best in the world, right? Like, I don't think okay. he's going to be yeah. Yeah. losing games to people who are not striker Yaki, maybe like Shacks. you know, okay. these kind of real top-tier play is. Yeah, I'm just ga- um, I'm just gaslighting. I'm just
1: gaslighting. Just uh,
2: <laughs> I, I, it kind of goes back to what I said about the shock series. Like I would love to see like Bird ring in more for the glads. Like we we saw him he was just tremendous throughout the playoffs all last year, especially with like how good McCree is. Uh I didn't get a chance to see this series. Did the did the gladiators even try and run the Sombra stuff that the Outlaws ran?
1: Not really. No. I mean, I mean they you... gladiators just tried to play a lot of rush and they didn't look very good like doing
2: a lot of it you, you you have the luxury of watching a team beat them like the day before and like you know dante's sombra is obviously it's you know, better one, than anybody the better in the like leagues yeah it's one of the better in the leagues so maybe you can't replicate it but still it was extremely effective against the doomfist stuff they were throwing at them like at least <laughs> maybe consider it uh, i i don't know yeah. uh, i think what's it's, also it's just
0: poor what was also very good about the way that Houston were playing the Sombra stuff, though, is that Houston are so good at disengaging now. They're actually a really, really good team at being able to play they they absorb aggression extraordinarily but well. Said Moth though, it's not like they couldn't do, they couldn't do that too. Yeah, like... but Moth isn't like a fucking puppet master. He he's not you know he's <laughs> not actually playing a top down RTS here. He can't he can't <laughs> control the rest of the team. It still requires that level of coordination. But also, yeah. it's not just coordination. It's anticipation of a threat. You have to be able to visualize how a team is going to push into you to know what you're going to do as you like rotate away. And I think that that's what a lot of teams lack is that they don't don't think... They don't know what the opposing team is going to do first to them. So they're not... If you're going to play reactive, you have to know what your opponents are doing before they do it. You can't literally react. I think that is... The death of trying to play that style. You have to preempt. You have to predict what they're going to do, and I think that is the death of so many of these teams that are trying to absorb but, aggression. Houston are doing it incredibly well. That isn't something that can just be replicated by any yeah. team, and I don't think the Gladiators were at that level with their rush to be able to play such a intelligent style like that.
2: No, I'm a bit surprised that they kind of. You have an idea that Sparkle is going to come out and play Doom with what you saw from the Outlaws, and your best kind of, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just a a little bit on the the bird ring train from what we saw last year, but you kind of view your best approach is to match the Doom stuff that they're throwing
0: out? Like... Well, I mean, the gladiators I I think they also just wanted run this. To be proactive. Sorry, like they the gladiators yeah. also run this, which is it's just a shit comp. I don't understand this. A ball, I, yeah. The, the Shanghai Dragons also tried to run this comp as well on um, on Oasis, and I can understand it if you're trying to run some long range hit scan, right? Because then it becomes a poke comp. You have you have the poke, you have the tanks are playing disruptive, and then you have the Zen in the backline. And I mean, you can even combine it with the Mercy instead of the Brig and damage boost the long range hit scan or the or the Zen. But when you're playing Tracer Sombra but then you're also playing the Zen in the backline and the and the ball. <laughs> the, the thing you're going for, I assume, is really hard, fast engages with your ball yeah. and with your DPS to try and kill their backline. You, the you have to nuke somebody. The counter somebody, dive yeah. is just going to be ferocious <laughs> onto shoe. They're just going to get minced by Dallas's comp. And then ult rotations, the ult cycling is so much better from Dallas's double bubble comp. I, I can't say I really get this comp, even though teams...
1: I mean, I, I, I get this comp it. for me. The big the big question mark is why did they keep playing it as soon as Doha was on Sombra? Like it's literally you're playing Sombra when Sombra's gonna bully the fuck out of Muse and Space has to literally sit there. He can't bubble anyone else ever. He can't he literally has to sit there and watch Muse 24-7, and you have to spend so many resources to keep Muse alive because they're playing into a Sombra now. And I'm like, why? Like that to me is the weirdest part for this comp. I don't mind it. It's just why are you it, like the Hammond is fine. I think the comp's okay for what they're hoping to achieve, but as soon as you're playing against a sombra. The ball is just a giant ult battery, like, the entire time. And you have to use all these resources to keep him alive for, like, no reason when you could just play Winston. And, like, it, just, it doesn't make any sense to me, that particular aspect. I also, I will say for Fuel, one criticism for Fuel, too. This Repel rotational inertia bullshit of swapping out Repel and Fielder all the time <laughs> is dumb. It is stupid, I don't know <laughs> what Rappel has that makes people have to swap him in and out. He did it at Houston last year, they're doing it here for Dallas. Yeah, it's very I don't weird. like it. I don't like it because Fielder A has already proven he's really, really good. And B, it's just like poor practice to have to swap out your supports all the time for maps. Like, And I don't think Rappel did anything super impressive to warrant this sort of like rotation. <laughs> it's just It it, does, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like yeah. you're gonna, you should pick a player and you should stick with it. Like maybe you have like one map max but they were doing it like every other map. The fucking angular momentum was crazy. They were spinning in circles. I was fucking... <laughs> the new emote meta is Borpa Spin. I was Borpa spinning left they, and right. Um, and like, what's the, what's the emote? Oh, Matt, you
0: don't want to know. Borpa. Mate. You don't want to know. It's Borpa. Borpa,
2: <laughs> Borpa
1: Spin? Yeah. What, what the fuck is Borpa? is Borpa Spin? It's just... It's Borpa. I don't know what to tell Borpa, you if you haven't seen it.
0: Borpa is like someone's taken the, the Popega emote, but put the eyes and... Kind of squished them at the top and they kind of they've kind of just like it. taken
1: a they've melted popega essentially
0: why do people do well, this why
1: anything why anything why is there an emote of a, of a, of a Pepe pissing Why anything?
0: Toilet? Sorry, the argument can't go from why does this weird emote <laughs> exist to pure nihilism. We can't just jump <laughs> from one know, to the other. Is why does twitchy? anything I'm not exist? About,
1: I'm not talking about roads and medicine. I'm talking about like <laughs> Twitch modes. I'm not talking about civilization. I'm talking about a Twitch
2: emote. Why, why is this a thing?
1: And it's like why? you're acting up when I say why anything as if like I'm saying like, well, why have antibiotics? Just let everyone die of infection. Got it's it. not that. I'm simply yeah. saying why anything with Twitch which emotes, uh, like, speaking you know? of
2: just, speaking of just ultimate, just dumb things in the chat, the fucking Reaper copy pasta
0: fucking what was kills that? me every time. I didn't see oh, it. There's
2: this. Oh, hold on I tweeted it. Was this it in was the so YouTube stupid. chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me see. I gotta find it. I, I, uh,
0: I do not pull up YouTube channels. My
2: favorite character is the Reaper guy. So powerful. Special move. Honestly, one of the best in the game. He comes <laughs> equipped with two revolvers. That's all it says. Yeah.
1: not it? The, yeah. This is an old <laughs> one, isn't it? I'm pretty sure this is I think an old it guy is. Yeah.
0: It. I think this is a Twitch one that kind is of that, made its way over. Is that like from the Blizzard forums or something?
1: No. Uh, no. Uh, I can't remember where it was. First. I remember seeing it in Twitch chat like in 20. 20- 18, 19. So I don't remember where it came from. I just love the fact
2: that they called special move. (laughs) (laughs) The finishing move. Yeah, okay. Let's Um, move on to the next. To wrap up the Gladiators,
3: I feel like (laughs) we were being a bit unfair because it was a pretty close series. I feel like this is just some tough love to the Gladiators because people were like, oh, they have championship aspirations. They're like top 2 NA. And now they played a really close series with the Fuel um, and they played like it was not
2: that close against the what? shock. It's a tough love, man. We it's believe clearly a tough here, love. So you can do it. Uh, I mean, we, we, we give them tough love because we care about them, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. see this team be good.
0: Uh, they sure. have a ton but of also, good
2: players. I don't want to see them be shy.
0: But, but also, what we said all the time in our preseason this year was that it's the most competitive year we've ever seen. If you have championship mm-hmm, sure. expectations, you better be a shit hot team because nothing else is going to fly. We're talking... We're talking what the sixth, seventh best team in NA is still an extremely good team <laughs> by most metrics. They would have done really well last year. The the overall level has gone up a lot. The teams even the, that even win like crap tournaments teams look all right. Yeah, the teams that win tournaments this year
2: would have like probably like swept people in year two or like Dude. year one. Like just the <laughs> level of play. Like I mean,
1: imagine I mean, Shanghai Dragons and Florida Mayhem existed in year one. <laughs> like. Just yeah. imagine those universes.
2: It's incredible.
1: I all mean, the existed in those. It's year one. Like, oh, yeah. Oh.
3: I, I, I predicted against the Gladiators today, and then I was like, they have space, moth, shoe, bird ring. And I'm like,
2: well, what's wrong with me? Like, yeah. who could possibly be somebody? If somebody told team? you two years ago that team existed, you'd be like, how the fuck did that happen? It's like an <laughs> yeah. all star team. Yeah. Like, what? The, like, every team it's became dumb. just,
0: every team's become like some kind of all, mini all star squad. Yeah, I can't make sense of it. It's ridiculous. Well, the oh, biggest wow. the biggest result from this week, the best match, the match of the week, and an early contender for match at the stage was Houston against the Shock. What a fucking game wow. that was. Um, I, I'm going to ask you all one simple question, very honestly. Coming into this game, did you think there was any real chance that the Houston Outlaws were going to beat the Shock? No. 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 No, I'm
1: sure someone, I'm sure, I'm sure someone out there, Danny Lim. Danny
0: Danny Lim believed.
1: (laughs) I mean, thank you, Danny. Appreciate Um, them.
3: Appreciate the pred. No, CP did. CP predicted a 3-2
1: for you. CP did, but I'm gonna, so this (laughs) is why, CP, because ZP and Cool Matt. They're yeah. they're whispering in each other's ears like lovers, okay? They have pillow talk every day, 100%. This is why ZP has been ZP's so high on. ZP's cool, yeah, got cool, he has got
2: cool mat tied up in his basement yes. or something. Yeah, I don't yes. know what the hell is going on. They know well, they're in Discord
1: all the time playing whatever shitty new game comes out like No, they play Final shit, Fantasy. MMO. Final yeah, Fantasy's yeah.
2: pretty good. They're, they're, don't don't really bag on Final Fantasy. It's a good game. Wow, okay. Well, are you betraying World of Warcraft for Final Fantasy? Is that what's happening? Oh no, 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 no! World of Warcraft's way better, but Final Fantasy's not bad. I mean, it's you wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't be like, ah, oh, you have no idea what the fuck you're doing playing Final Fantasy, you know? But this series was crazy. It was. Uh, it was I also nuts. love the fact uh, that that uh, the rules changed to not have like two controls back to back at the end to have somebody potentially just win three controls and just win the series.
0: Oh, <laughs> like. He's- yeah. Here's Uh, where I want to start this, actually, is that San Francisco Shock last year were dominating the league, but also in all of their big games, they won on control and they won on hybrid. Their control dominance is really what established them as being an unbeatable team, I would say. Like, at the top level, the reason that they were winning so many of their games is that control is a a big factor to winning and closing out these series, and you just couldn't beat the Shock on these map types. They were they were the best. There, were, there was no beating them. Am I? I believe I'm right in saying that they've lost. They lost the opening one to the Gladiators, and they yeah. lost the opening one here to the Houston Outlaws. Yeah. Did they play other control maps? Game five was a control. Did they? Yeah, win? they won uh, that one.
3: Yeah, they won. Yeah. Houston they won played 2-0. like a Sombra on Garden on Oasis or something. Right. Uh, okay. No, was Citizen right? What? Why? Well, they, they won,
1: they've won. They won Oasis, and they've also won. They've also won Oasis versus Houston as well.
3: Yeah, that
0: was Yeah, one. that's yeah. the one they were talking right, about. Oh, is that what we're
1: talking about? Oh yeah. Oh Sorry. yeah, of course. Some reason with, up and...
0: It was like Stryker was sat on the doorframe kind of shit, wasn't oh, yeah. it? yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah that's yeah, when they did yeah, the, yeah. the, the Meister. The Olaf boost. Yeah, the Olaf boost.
3: Um,
1: um before can, can,
0: we get can, into the match though, is that a worrying trend for anybody? Because I've started yeah. to like I've put that as a mental note in my head of uh, potentially a different narrative compared to last year.
2: I'm way more worried about how many times violet or fd god were dead at the beginning of fights yeah uh i'm i'm way more worried about that than them losing control uh when we casted this it felt like every the fights were either close or fd god or violet were dead before the fight even started sometimes even both of them were dead before the fight even started and then the the outlaws just rolled over them uh i i view that as a really worrying trend because like we were talking about you know fd god can be pretty aggressive uh, Violet, also, I mean, he hasn't seen a fight that he's not willing to take in terms of an aim duel that like uh, you, you it's going to be difficult to have both those players playing that aggressive uh, and not have somebody like a happy or some of these other hit scan players in the league punish it.
3: Uh, can I just say about this fight as well? Like this stage was some of the best play. I've seen in all of week one, Houston Outlaws defending this point right here because uh, yeah. these two team fights back to bay, back to bay, uh, bleh, back to back were insane. Especially this one next coming up where Jungu dies early, and then they're just able to stick around for somehow, and then of course Django gets back and hits the shatter. But just like the way they were able to stand toe to toe against the San Francisco Shock, and the way they utilize their abilities, their ultimate usage, like Happy's Symmetra ult before Jango gets back and hits the Shatter, it's like, it helps them so much in preserving positioning and not getting run over by this Shock team. Like, I loved how they were able to control the space here. And that really showcased the abilities of this Houston Outlaws team and, like, what they're about this season. So, Jango goes down, five people on the point, and they're just trying to stick around. Hits the Rock, pushes Super back. Maywall comes up to buy some more time. You got the Amplification Matrix buying time here. And then the Blizzard and Symmetra are like... They were able to fend shock off for so long here. Like this has turned into a telestration. But I love this play coming out. Like this symmetrical. I love the player cams here. It's insane. I love this fight.
2: When Super said what, I think I screamed what on the broadcast (laughs) as well because it was it was such like a a what moment. He had the shield up. I I asked him to give a replay of it. Like the shatter just clipped like the back of his leg when it was up. But what what a fucking series this
0: was. Yeah. Yeah. What about? What what do you guys think about the summon of Tayo at the beginning of this first map? It seems like they, you know, they added him to the team last year. They never found a place for him on the roster last year. It seems like they're trying to put him into the the hit scan role, which is the role that he's played before in the past. You know, there was a lot of conversation: is he coming in to play the Genji for them last year? That would have been really weird because he's been a hit scan player in the past. So at least he's playing his main role. Do you think that this is? something that they should continue moving forwards was this what, even relevant i was one just map. yeah there's it was one, one map, map. Yeah. you know like uh, i don't
1: know what we're gonna even walk away from this like saying with tayo because it's the first map we've seen him and the shock supports were like dead half the map yeah so, like i don't even know how we're supposed to like accurately judge tile i don't think there's so much i don't think his symmetric play was great but also it's really tough to have like great play when your supports are dead like half the match.
2: Yeah, the, the the one player I would like to see more, and I think I said it during the series when we finally saw him at the end, was Glister, uh, and he was just sick on the widow there towards the end. But figuring out a way to work him more into this lineup would be nice, I think. Yeah. This uh, this
1: series to me was a shock loss. More, it's not that Houston played badly. Houston played amazing. I think this Houston roster still looked like the best team in an A. But this series to me felt like a shock loss more than anything else, be simply because like. There was a period of time where they did the Violet DPS again, and that's when they brought in the Jake Brigida. And Violet did not get a single kill.
2: No, nah, he on didn't DPS
1: for a map, for a single map, Violet did not get a, a kill.
2: You know? I mean, imagine like, if that was Glister in there to play like. Imagine, know, if, that, there
1: but, they, imagine yeah, if there was or Striker. They imagine there was Tio, right? Yeah, you know, imagine if it was Tio. Like they had so many. And it's not well, that. Violet, and also, you know, right before this, Tio did or Violet did just pound on McCree. Like he looked like amazing on
0: McCree well, before. Well, well, let's, Josh, let's let. I want to I want to address that first, yeah. though. The Violet McCree, the first time we saw it, he was shitting on them, right? They yeah. played against the Gladiators. They played Gibraltar. And in the post-match interview, I can't remember who it was that was doing the post-match interview uh, for the shock, but they said they had really been struggling with that double bubble comp, and so they had just tried different things until Violet was like, well, fuck it, just put me on DPS and see what that's like. Was it just me that got the impression that Violet was playing it in exceedingly um, aggressive and yes, frontline no, risky? Yeah. he's like right up at the front. I feel like against a better team, <laughs> that is,
1: it gets hard punished. But yeah, like very.
0: Well, that's, very what, happened that's yeah. what happened here. That's uh, what happened here.
1: I mean, Violet. It wasn't all Violet's fault by any means. Like Jack no. like, Shock had a really rough attack. They didn't weren't good at taking space at all. Like they're, but like. A lot of the times, Violet was just trying to walk in in front line, and they were trying. they were having to put many resources to him. And he- if he doesn't hit his shots like all the time, like he was versus Gladiators, it's just a throw. No, it's I'm just happy- like a
2: really hard. I Happy he can play Ash here on Dorado because the sight line is so long. Uh, like, what is he even supposed to do in terms of like McCree and challenge this? But. Anytime uh, you're I,
0: running a tracer and striker isn't in, I'm gonna say it's a hard one. Well throw I as was well. just gonna That's... say,
2: like like if you were gonna play, if you were gonna dedicate and play just like McCree Tracer, like why wouldn't you play Glister and Stryker? Like I mean, or or I uh, mean it's
1: just a very Taio, weird situation or here. Tayo
2: and I mean Tayo and Stryker, like I don't know. Yeah, can I, I just like, see
1: more Tayo? I feel like I don't I you know, I may I coined the term Japanese guy that hangs out with the shock, but I don't actually want it to be that way. Like I want to see Tayo play outside yeah. of one map on Symmetra, you know? Like what why is he here otherwise? Why are we playing Violet on the mean nice I mean, gonna
2: look at this though. It's a nice like, play by what? Jake,
0: yeah. Well, it's not goodbye, Jake. It's what? What the fuck is well, Glister well, what, what, doing? Yeah, what was the engaged? Well, just just be look right. So when we when
2: we uh, when we were, simplest casting, kill of Jake's when we were life. casting this, when we were casting this. It was so funny because we had a. Uh, I don't know if we showed it here or if I had like another view, but like, basically, Glister and Jake look at each other in that hallway. They stare at each other. And then Jake like pulls like like it's like okay, fine, I'll just look around the corner. And then maybe Glister's like, oh, I didn't see him. But look how far yeah, like, like, he sees him, yeah. During yeah, 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 like well, well, this is a Glister before this is on some fucking spirit quest. He's out, he's out yeah. by fucking he's yeah, out he by the fucking back to uh, that point the, B. the factory. Yeah, he's out by the fucking uh the mega health pack by the factory by the stairs. Like look the tanks oh, were ends up all the way back over there. there. By the way, Wait, yeah, I mean this was oh.
0: This was the worst game I've seen from Shock in, I mean... Ages. So, so yeah. long. And I know that we've had a long yeah. off-season, so it has been a long time since we've seen, seen the Shock play anyway. But can we watch this final fight as well, please, Kurt? Because after battering their heads against a brick wall forever, this they're trying to play like the double bubble comp except with a diva. because I, I, I don't even know exactly why they want to play with a diva here. But they were really struggling to get their Zarya in position or really thought that they would struggle perhaps. But they try and take this right hand side room and they're trying to engage out with the with the nano boost, right? You put your nano boost onto Smurf. They nano def God, man. They are nano def god, <laughs> and then Smurf had to pop his primal in midair because he's got a Discord orb on him and no nano boost. And, and their gets, entire uh... thing just collapses immediately. And I tweeted out after this, I said, mad credit to the Houston Outlaws for forcing mistakes out of the shock that you never see from them. Because this wasn't just unforced errors, some of them were, but it's also this general general feel of like oppression that houston outlaws is comp and their skill imposes upon you that shock are forced into these uncomfortable situations where they end up making i mean horrific mistakes like glister just running into their backline and twilight nanoing fd god like this was this was really poor from the shock yeah, but it's just... not like they would do this against every team it's no, because they were no, playing against no. a good roster well, they
2: were definitely think, tilted before this. Yeah, so. oh, for sure. I also I, think they're still trying to figure things out of like who plays what and when and how to work some of these players
0: in. Like, I just don't think they know yet. The double bubble this doesn't honestly, look good. They just don't look good in that comp. I don't think.
3: Sure, but I think they needed a bit of a you know waking up as well. And I mean, this is what happened last season as well yep. when they they lost back to back to Valiant and Gladiators right at the start yep. of the season, mm-hmm. and then people were like, "What the hell is going on with the shock?" and then. They, 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 they just channel all of this, like, hatred towards one loss for, like, five months. And they just, like, enjoy this piece of breadcrumb from one loss and just make the most of it. And I feel like we're in the same position again. Like, I feel like they overdid the Violet DPS thing. They're going to go back to practice and just be like, okay, time to get to work and look better the coming matches. If they continue to lose like this, if they continue to lose control maps like you mentioned, Josh, that's when we have a problem. But I feel like this was just one of those like yearly boomages that the shock needed to get things in order. And credit to the Houston Outlaws. I mean they played phenomenally. But I've I i would not be too worried about the shock after this one loss.
0: Yeah. I think that's a very reasonable take. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people are being React Andes after a single week you know there's there's still a lot of the season left man a huge amount of the season we saw we saw like we're going to talk about Chengdu later on beating the shanghai dragons that also happened uh, last season three 0 by the bro. way uh, and then shanghai I'm excited. Went and
2: uh, i think florida san francisco is going to be a pretty good game though oh yeah With
0: the play style that florida brings out i think it'll be really interesting yeah that's another one that i think is going to get dictated heavily by the map pool though because i think shocker just going to shit on them on anything that comes down to the rush and then Florida have a decent chance on dive mirror kind of maps. That's um, in week three, so... Sure. Yeah, I, wanted they have to, offered, I wanted to, to just mention off. at the yeah. end here, when, when they went to the player cams at the end, I'm not sure if you can find it, Kurt, uh, Stryker was crying about oh, the yeah. loss to Houston. And that is, to me, that's unfathomable commitment and drive to be the best. I can't put myself in the position, seriously, where yeah. I would get that emotionally invested in a week one game, for 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 anything. Well, especially like- in
1: the manner they lost on Havana. Uh, That's it was the brutal. thing. Havana, it, was, it, was, it was the Havana was loss that think really sure. did it. jangu coming in late, getting that shatter at the very end after Shock yeah. threw and Spawn Man like they yeah. threw Havana like hard, like super to me after he's like, that was the biggest throw I've ever seen.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like they we just like
1: like it a just got bad. Not These bad. team
3: fights felt like playoff games. Just they like did, the yeah. gravity every team fight had. and like well, the suspense. What a read from Jangu there.
0: Oh a my read. god, yeah. He really read
1: so
3: good read from Jango.
0: Jangu. Jangu's Earth Shatters are the... I mean, I was going to say the best part about his game, but that is almost too reductive because it implies that the rest of his game isn't also incredibly fucking good. But he's currently had the best... Um, the best shadow timings and like reads on people out of any of the rinds that we've seen even the rinds that have outplayed him he's still been able to land these nasty good timings on his earth shadows and turn fights around for them um he's been extraordinary in that aspect but but what i wanted to point out here as well is that striker's like devastated about this loss and that to me is like it, it, it's crazy the things that i care about most in the world if i had like one setback would not affect me this deeply. That, to me, shows that he cares so fucking much about a yeah. week one game. The dude has already won the Overwatch League, and it's week one when he's the the two-time defending champion. We were talking about, like, are they even going to have the motivation? Are they even going to have the drive again? Maybe the rookies are the guys that are going to have to inject the drive. This motherfucker cares. <laughs> this motherfucker yeah. cares. He fucking <laughs> wants to win. Holy shit. That is insane i mean i can't wrap my head around uh, it
2: i i love how we have the player cams this oh, year yeah. it just adds so much to it like whether you see like uh you know space get demect where he had 7 hp and just the face reaction or or super with the what with the shatter but then you get to see yeah. kind of like the post game right uh it's yeah i mean you you care so fucking much about it and i think yeah. just the manner in which they lost like that was a long series. Like I think I saw the VOD. It was like two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, six maps. No halftime. Six breaks. maps. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. You have to battle back. Also, uh, thank
1: God for no halftime breaks. I'm just gonna say it. Holy shit! This day, that day would have been like twelve hours long. I would have <laughs> lost my. I would have like. Thank God for fucking no halftime. Hey, thank I, you, I did the
3: half times and hallelujah, the continuity with the mattress and not like taking ten minutes off between no, the, the, game, maps. the games. The like, games feel it- way. As a viewer yeah. experience, the product is incredible. I'm yeah. so invested now, and I enjoy it so much. It's awesome. It's,
2: it's fast, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah love Show it. Show us the game. Get to the game. Like that's what uh, you, know, you want to do. But yeah, just the manner in which they lost was brutal. Oh, that was nuts. Like it was such a like I
3: can't get over. Like I have these feelings sometimes when I think back to earlier seasons. Like there are certain stage finals in like season one and two where like you were watching and like your hair stood up on your arm. Like you could feel the suspense. Like you remember like San Francisco Shock against the Titans on oh, yeah, um, yeah, Re- yeah. like Rialto? Yeah. Like there are just certain maps like that. I, for some reason, I remember um Lono Spitfire in stage one, when they won, when they played Dorado and it was like map seven or something. it's just like these vivid moments where like time stood still and like every team fight mattered. And you could see like the players just like the movement was off because they realized like how important every detail, how important every tracer blink was. That that Havana first point hold and then Houston performs a better first point hold, like it, it... it was incredible it was like the entire Overwatch community just like stopped posting on Reddit for like 10 minutes just to (laughs) witness this incredible map showdown go off It, it was an amazing viewer experience it was so good to watch yeah
0: now, that was a denial of a reverse sweep. But then me and Brent casted the first completed reverse sweep of the season, which weirdly is the second time that Toronto has had the first reverse sweep of the season because they also got the first <gasps> really? reverse sweep of the season in 2019. Oh. Were a <laughs> fact that, uh, that I had tweeted was it, it against, as well. was it also
1: against Houston? Was it against um, Houston, I should say?
0: Because that was when Ivy oh, no. like, threw away a bunch of grabs, right?
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I think, that was, I think it was that one. I'll
0: look for you real quick. So, this this game was mad interesting. I don't think anyone knew where to put Toronto after their oh, win over the Titans. Okay, wait there then. Uh, let's let's start there. Where did you rank Toronto in terms of North American teams? Cuz I know Bren had, had them, them like, very high actually. I had them very high.
1: So, I had them like 5th in North America. I no think that's, joke?
0: I th- I actually think that's where Bren had them. He had them somewhere yeah, like 5th. I, I, I yeah.
1: think I had them 5th. I will admit I don't think their performance is necessarily indicated that they were currently fifth in week one. But this is, once again, a long-term thing for me. Okay, I think this roster looks really good. I think their coaching staff looks really good. Did they totally show that they were a fifth-place team or a top-five team immediately out the gates? No. But I think everyone so heavily underestimated Toronto again. This is when I reached peak, peak smugness, by the way, was this particular match. This match, jo- you know, Josh doesn't lean away because of my smugness. But this... <laughs> This match no, I'm just taking a look at I where we rated them. Smugness.
0: We rated them at 7th in North yeah, America, which and, I but think there is were actually people pretty putting them,
1: like, There were people putting them at like 10th. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I mean, there were
1: people like, and, you know, and, and so like I don't understand, like this is when I reached like literally the smugness levels were so high, I, I couldn't, I stopped feeling so much pleasure because my smugness levels were this high because like it simply was like this roster is so good and their coaching staff has a really good coaching staff. Like, I don't understand how anyone could have ever thought this team was going to... Now, granted, they literally almost lost to Atlanta. They looked really bad. Like, it was a reverse sweep. And yeah. also, they even dropped some maps to, to, to Titans. But also, I think Titans, they kind of made, like, a silly swap because they wanted to give playtime to players, which I don't blame them for. Like, they need... It's early in the season. You're playing Titans, swapping beasts and logic yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah, play time. yeah, yeah. You know? Like, I don't blame them for that at all. Um, but that's, I think, the only reason they dropped the map to Titans at all. But this was a crazy matchup. But I swear, I just don't get how anyone could have looked at this team and be like, "This team can't beat Atlanta." Like, especially moving forward, and they get better.
2: I thought Lastro was really good uh, this weekend. I thought actually, you know what?
1: I thought I I will say Lastro's Aonah was still good. I didn't like his BAP. Okay. I thought I thought his BAP. I thought the way they were playing BAP was literally the most ooga booga caveman shit. At times where like <laughs> they were just like dropping window like left and right. You could tell this is how they want. They want to play hyper aggressive because Lasho will just like pop the window man. up what like whenever he do? wanted yeah they would just they would they would just last would get window and he'd probably just be like okay window and he just like window immediately there'd be like there'd be no thought to it like you just like go off on an angle like set up on a perch and just like window immediately with no thought to it when you see like compared to like houston or shock or like even atlanta like how they were like playing with their windows at times the fines windows were like garbage Like they were like like i don't understand how they were playing bap at times during the series
0: talking about bad points of toronto as well I don't know whether anyone else agrees with this, but I was extremely unimpressed with Naist over the course of the, these series that I watched yes. of the Toronto Defiant. Yes. I, I thought, yes. you know, there's there's big question marks about this guy coming in because he was, when he was young, when uh, when he was, <laughs> it sounds stupid to say this, when he was at the peak of his <laughs> career back when he was 16 years old. When he was on Fusion University. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, he was very, very highly rated, but he hasn't been doing much in contenders recently. And, you know, there was some some reasonable arguments to be made that maybe... Getting into the Overwatch League would revitalize his career and be more of like a motivation factor for him. That now he's performing against the best in the world, he doesn't have a ceiling on his career because of his age. Maybe we're going to see the best of Nice again. I don't think that we've seen that so far. Two games. He, it feels yeah. still like a weakness to me with the Toronto Defiant.
1: His echo duplicates. I have a clip out there where we're just sitting in a call. Screaming. Was it the one
0: where he took the, the McCree Diva? instead of Dude? The Ryan? No, he just
1: copied. He literally consistently oh, copied Diva. Was that the end of
0: Was that the end of the end of Anubis where he just yes, walks there towards was a, them? Yes, there,
1: there was the end of Anubis, <laughs> and the, the clip is me saying "swing, bitch, swing" because like he's just like. They, and But it wasn't even just about that. It's just the fact that he literally copied D.Va all the time. Yeah. When Ryan is, like, objectively the best hero to copy every time at this time. Like, yeah. it just didn't make any sense how he was playing. He was, like, it's like the Genji that, like, only knows how to use, like, he's, he's neutral Genji. But he's neutral Echo. Like, he doesn't know how to ult. He only knows how to, like, play Echo. He plays fine on Echo, like, mechanically. It's mm-hmm. just his ults were so garbage. Like, I didn't understand it.
3: What was nice, the Echo, who duplicated into McCree above someone in yes. Flashback? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was asking. But
2: yeah. I think that was was it one in the. Because I remember I was casting. He duplicated, of, was, no, is, was, he, he duplicated actually, Lucio he, as well. Yes, he duplicated Lucio as well. I don't feel like it was uh, the. I don't think it was Dante. It was an Anubis game on yeah. point B where an Echo went up. And the team was below them. And I was like, oh my god, they're gonna come down as Ryan and just go go yeah. fucking ham. And just it just fucking like there were so many people there. Fire strike to the ground, one swing, he's got a shatter. And then he becomes McCree and he throws a flashbang down at the ground, he gets one shot off, Ruff. and then he just flies away his echo. I was like, that was so not that was not rough, planned. Man. I was like, that was not so the intent rough. of that. This uh, team
1: looked disjointed, though, for sure. I will say, out the I gates, despite too. the talent on
2: the roster. <laughs> also, I also on.
1: not to bag on Nice2Art, I think he looked a lot better as the series went on. His Tracer was pretty good, too. Like, his mechanics on Echo and his Tracer you know, his were, like, Tracer a lot better. Good? I mean, I thought it was better as the series went on. I'm not saying it was good. I'm right. saying it was better as the series went on. I, I, I think do think they looked rough.
3: Atlanta were boomed on Busan like dear lord they started off like looking pretty solid and i was like okay it's gonna be an easy 3-0 and then like anubis you know it could have gone either way but busan like atlanta rain were just like out of it and i think toronto benefited from that but most importantly like again toronto defiant is one of those teams that benefited from the ability to play double bubble for sure like i i think like when sato plays winston and michelle can play diva like and then you have Hisu firing like like, strong, uh, Holy shit, Alas, you're right. This is a good team. This is a this, good I team. I mean, I don't we know why play, this play is like, heroes. look
1: at the look at the players. Hisu also, <laughs> big. Hisu as well, one of the best players from Fusion last year, looked yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. on the Defiant all the he game, you know? Like, yeah. the, the real big thing for Defiant that really hurt them in this series was that they look super disjointed. They look like They essentially look like an all-Korean gladiators right now, to me and that Uh, like
3: no gladiators yeah i think their roster
1: they have a really good roster and like they just look really disjointed also i I think their ryan play is kind of meh. i didn't think sato's ryan was great during this series
3: yeah well i i feel like they're you know Uh they could they could be the new gatekeepers is my opinion is that too low i've asked are you i think it's too
1: low for me personally i think i still think people are underrating them based off the roster and the coaching staff but overall this team has a lot of potential. It has a lot of talent. It's just getting it to work together and finding comps that work for them. And hopefully, <laughs> like, they really, oh. I, I, I truly think they're going to fight caveman instincts like hard this season. They're going to fight them. Like, they're going to go out like onto the glacial plains, hunting mammoths, fucking chucking spears and shit. Because Lastro's going to be wanting to do like really crazy aggressive stuff. And a lot of it's going to be really stupid as shit. And someone's going to have to say, Lastro, stop. Stop putting windows like, in places that don't make any sense. Stop jumping away and doing this crazy shit. Like, let's, like, let's just like, take control of an area of the window. <laughs> let's set up the window play. Like, let's, let's this fucking compl- their uh, their
2: next compl- game is against the Justice,
0: too. Oh, That'll man. be a good one. Uh, will I it? think
1: that should be an important game.
0: I mean, we don't know how good the Justice are going to be, but if they're anywhere as good as we are expecting them to be, I'm not yeah. anticipating that to be a good game. Like, I don't uh, think the Toronto's at that it, level. Now. It, I guess, yeah, if the, if the
2: Justice are who, what we, uh, well, look, we, we just the Gladiators. If that's a good game. Rocks, it's a bad paper. game, mate.
0: That's one of those games where it's like, yeah. if it's close, it's bad. If I mean, it's close, yeah, it's we... not bad, because
1: I think Defiant's good.
2: For
0: me, You're it fucking would fit mental. exactly into but my you think metrics.
2: They, you, think they'll on, you think they'll hang with the Justice? I think they should on pay. I think realistically, if they take what they've learned
1: from these matches, they should be able to hang with the Justice. Should they beat the Justice? I don't know. But they should be able to hang with him. I think people are heavily overrating justice again. So I think people are just I like can't oh, this oh, well,
2: we're, gonna have, to we're gonna have to have a
0: vast bag. It's yeah. gonna be brutal. But, but that's <laughs> that I think that is a fair point. Like we don't know where to rate the justice. Yes. The justice is purely on paper. They have superstars all across the board. That doesn't mean that they're gonna be able to win. That's
1: I mean that, they don't they don't have superstars across the board. I don't know why their support line is somehow superstar level, but okay, I will sure.
0: Not quite across the board, yeah, you're right. But when it comes to their tank line and when it comes to their DPS line, they absolutely do have super. Sure, strength. yeah, I agree They're with stacked. that. Stacked. Um, I yeah, I I was. The, the... Toronto Defiant had some comps that worked really well. I liked this comp that they were running with. You know, it doesn't really matter what their off tank was on, but this comp to me seemed to play to their strengths pretty nicely, apart from nice on the tracer. But Sado's ball. And Naist's timing on when he was trying to engage, based on Sado, I thought was very good. That to me raises the question, though, of where the fact that you even play Beast? I thought that was going to be Beast's role, maybe on this team, was going to be potentially to play the ball. But Sado looked very good on that. That to uh, me doesn't even open up any opportunities.
2: Beast is probably like just a developmental piece for the future, like not. I, I don't know where he fits into but, the roster. But, but I mean, like, like to me, he...
1: that's a weird thing to have if you have an all-Korean roster and you have a developmental piece of a North American player that is not Korean. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's a, a very valid point. Uh I mean I even I, I think Logic's probably has more of a place on the team than like Beast. So like, you can you can probably find positions you would play Logic's. Yeah, uh on
0: the Tracer, I think.
2: Right, like like if this was like if there was never going to be a situation where Nice was going to have to switch off of Tracer to something else like you probably would have liked to see Logic's on the Tracer. Uh here. Well, but I mean
3: still, I mean I know you're coming from from a good place of heart matt but like having five koreans and then yeah it still doesn't make any sense right go play tracer go pop -pop, off it's like that's difficult uh it's 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 a weird roster uh, i do think uh,
1: it is one of the roles that they could achieve it though it's sort of like lucio and goats like it's the one of the few times you can make it work because all you need to know is like okay we're diving now okay i'm touching point now right like theoretically it is possible that that would be like same with lucio and goats like we have moth in the in the five korean players right is that like moth just said i'm speeding i'm beating and that's like it. that's like all he's doing essentially in terms of the comms because like they they only have one very specific role and they just have to achieve that role with a very specific set of comms so i think it could be possible honestly because i was not huge on nice tracer maybe the logic <laughs> tracer could work
0: the more I'm thinking about Nice Tracer, though, he did land some sick pulse bombs in the final yeah. uh, map of Busan. I, I just felt like he he wasn't, you know, he's not at that level where he's gonna. I I think if they had had a better tracer than Pelican playing, that the tracer diff would have showed much more. Nice wouldn't have been able to get away with, with with that. Um. Okay, then let's let's move on the Philadelphia Fusion. Let's move on to the APAC region for a sec. Philadelphia are <clears> two 0 <throat> after their opening weekend. Now. Here's where we diverge from the Scrimbucks narrative, because even though the Scrimbucks said Philadelphia, well, actually, for starters, APAC Scrimbucks were, were fucking shrouded in a veil of mystery. Nobody mentioned Philadelphia as the team that was losing or whatever. We said on Platchat that it was like a nonsense thing to try and read into that, and their players were on like 250 ping as well. I think it's fair to say, though, that nobody expected Philadelphia to be this good with two brand-new replacement players just getting subbed in at the last minute. No, no one no. had these high hopes of them. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, nobody had this high We hopes. predicted
1: them to lose uh, to Seoul. We predicted them. Yes. To all, yeah, we all of us, even myself. When I, I thought Fusion overall was going to be a better team than Seoul for the year, uh, I still thought the immediate addition of these players would mean they weren't going to win. I give
3: yeah. no credit for the honeymoon phase. No, I don't no. think it's the honeymoon phase. I don't.
1: I don't, phase. I, I don't yeah, think it's the honeymoon phase. Out. I think Soul Dynasty Honey. is overrated. That's yeah. what my. That's my. That's my once again winning the Scrim bucks. I think Soul Dynasty. is I mean, overrated, and they're still fundamentally broken, and they're gonna randomly they're, just shit the bed, and they did you, it here. Yeah, I mean, well, they're the
2: team that I picked to just kind of
0: drown.
1: Well, wait and there, flounder, Wait there, Wait, wait there. Yeah.
0: Do you actually think that this was Soul Dynasty shitting the bed? Because I don't at all.
1: Uh, I mean, I this think Fusion a- played exceptionally well but there are definitely times here where Dynasty did not seem like to have the coordination I wanted out of their dive.
0: Right. I think that, I mean, Prophet's barrages were pretty tragic as well in this first map too, but every single map was really close. I mean, this was a fucking series. It didn't look like it by the scoreboard, but this was, this was two good teams slugging it out as far as I Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: overall, realistically, I can't really make that argument. It's mostly just me being a smug bitch because it technically was true. (laughs) And like, even though the, you know, it's not actually totally true. Like, I do agree. This was two pretty strong teams playing.
0: Here's here's where I got worried, though, is that we didn't see Marvel even poke his head out of the little hole (laughs) wherever they're keeping him. And that concerns me. Because all of my... The the crux of my argument about this being a bit of a new year for Soul where they can achieve more consistency it's all about getting Marvel playtime. It's all about getting Gesture to only play his best maps and his best metas. If you have the guy in full time, well, yeah, of course you're going to be the same fucking Soul that you were last year. You're going to literally be the same, except with two yeah. you in instead of Marvel. And that concerns me. Like, okay, maybe Gesture feels like he's good in this meta right now. He looked good on some of the maps, he looked like he was a bit questionable on some of the others. Um, so, I really am cautious about feeling mm-hmm. optimistic in any way about Soul until I see them commit to the same kind of tank rotation that they were doing in the Nexus Cup. That's what uh, sold me on it, was that in the Nexus Cup, they were running Marvel a lot, and it looked really good for them.
3: I, I feel like also... F- full transparency, by the way, my, uh, my schedule doesn't allow for me to watch Apex games and work all of the NA days, so I haven't actually seen <laughs> these games. But, like... I feel like Soul Dynasty generally speaking is one of those teams that like need to warm up like going into the season like they have these games where like they don't play their fullest potential and I know we talk about playoff profit it's a bit of a meme honestly <laughs> but I feel like this is a team that's brought in on a mode now to play with creative to you didn't get a ton of play time last season and I still feel like this is a team that well, I don't I think you out, I'd say they were overrated. I they we brought him in as a 2A player overrated. last year, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right,
1: yeah, he was a 2A player. Yeah, I forgot. He didn't so, play
3: quite bit, So, soul are overrated. But I also feel like we know that this is a great team. It's just like... They, they're not playing at their fullest potential until it's actually playoff time. And also, so, my well, ratings like that, have nothing to really be true.
1: I don't think they're overrated, by the way, because of their skill. It is literally my over... My skill rating has literally never been because of their, t- their talent. It's just because this team could literally never fucking figure. They're like, if I put them in a paper bag and told them, you must now decide the roster to get out of the paper bag, they will never leave the paper bag. And that is why I feel, because <laughs> simply because gesture and Profit are on this team, and gesture they're so baked into the identity of soul currently, that I feel like it's sort of a situation where they feel committed to these players, because we all know gesture's fucking balling out. He's got diamonds on every wrist. Wrists he oh, don't even have, shot. he has diamonds on them. <laughs> and... Like, they feel obligated to play gesture because he does fucking pop off on the metas and he's really good, but there's a lot of metas where he's not, but they still feel obligated to play with him and to get, like, the best, to, yeah. to, to figure out a way to this, work with I gesture. Mean,
2: it's, it's what you were worried about last year just yeah. when they had, like, Bedosian as well, where you were like, this yeah. is too much London. This is too much London to it's be too different. Much yeah. it's is, it's whatever, too much London. And the thing is, whatever, London, be it's still
1: there. It's still there. Yeah. And that's the whole thing about Seoul. It's literally nothing about this, this team being bad. It's just the fact that I feel like they uh, they get lost in the sauce repeatedly, full on sauce loss all the time.
2: I, I also think too, uh, we we're talking about Philly. You get an idea of what this team could look like at full strength, and it's fucking scary. Like it you know, is, if they dude. get like P- Poco at full, like uh, you know, on ping, like Astro back, uh, sh- Shockwave EQO. Uh, look, I mean, with Carpe and Alarm, I feel like somehow like between like last year like carpe is an mvp candidate and then like they should never play him like just kind of the perception of him has been all over the place with, with him in alarm when they play like this i mean you you have the fucking chance regardless of who else is out there in any series i mean these guys are just oh, fucking nuts don't, don't dismiss hotba
3: and toby come on well, i mean I'll, uh, I'll let you dismiss
1: hotba because he's had some mad
3: things in the past toby
1: i sent for toby 24 7, I sent for Toby. I think this guy is, it's a crime that he wasn't in the league this year, like on a contract. It is. I think Toby's so good. I mean, no, uh, really Soul Dynasty Toby.
2: could have kept Toby for, for, they could, could have. I I mean, honestly, I don't even mean, They could have I easily have kept Toby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't it? Yeah, that it doesn't, doesn't make, sense make sense. I, I, I think wanna, they got
0: wrapped up in the, I mean, the, the Philadelphia mode, fusion, used. though. Carpe and Rascal both immediately, right at the beginning of the season, look elite tier. I, that was my impression from watching this game. Was Carpe was, it was like Carpe kind of has this we or had last season. I shouldn't say has because it hasn't happened in multiple seasons. But last season he had this trajectory where he started farming at the beginning of the season. Like last year he was yeah. fucking dunking on people on McCree on Torb that kind of stuff. Yeah. As the season got later and they had to he had to play more. Uh, more Widow and more Tracer, he ended up getting phased out a little bit on the team or in the roles where he was still playing, he wasn't having the same impact in the server, which I don't know whether that is going to continue this year, but it doesn't really matter at the moment. He's back to playing the roles that he was pounding at last year and he's still pounding. They're they're still fucking. They've got (laughs) Carpe on McCree and Rascal on May. It's just the perfect meta for these guys. And they are fucking.
2: It's uh it's crazy when you look across the league of like how many new players that have come in and all these different roles. And like one of the things that still like holds true is just Carpe just fucking dunks on like these heroes, regardless of all wall. the new players that have been brought in.
0: Like, look at this yeah, wall a, here. Stopping Gesture from getting a bubble so that he can't get saved after the flash comes through. And gesture's like, you know, trying to just poke to gain his primal, because otherwise they can't stop the rush comp. And Philly just you know, normally you don't think of the, the the May as being that great against the dive comps, and they just pff, fucking delete him from the map immediately. They know exactly what to do.
1: Though so to be fair, looking at this, this was a really rough rotation for Soul because they don't have speed, and, like, they kind of just played these rotations really bad. They got out
3: comps. That, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, can I ask you, what did you think? Did you see anything from Mono? Mono
0: yeah. Was good. I mean, Mono Mano looked good, and that, to okay, me, I mean... My, my fears appear to be unfounded, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was genuinely scared that this guy wouldn't be able to slot in easily after having so long of playing with New York, so long playing this reactive play style. It, it felt like Mano was a key part of why NYXL was playing like that. Uh, to me, there's still... If Mano looks really good here on Philly this season... It just brings up more questions about New York in previous years. <laughs> yeah. It does because there's still Netflix just so much. Uh, yeah, it's still just so much unsolved shit. You know, like if Mano can play this fantastic aggressive Ryan style, then why the fuck weren't they doing
2: uh, and that? He, and he's playing it with Hotba, who was on their team
0: last year. It's not exactly. like yeah, it's it's so fucking odd. And like you were just like, wait, what? Like yeah, so uh, that that I I still feel like we have some. Maybe I, they I still feel like it's very early days for Philly. They look fantastic yeah. at the beginning, but I could still see a world in which the, the the pains of having two new players start to show as we get deeper into the season. So I don't oh, want the to immediately phase is say that. Like,
3: is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Give it to me, baby. That's what I like uh-huh. to hear. It's going to die down. Stage two, baby. They're going to lose like two matches and then we're going to be like, Philly without Pokken. Yeah, not so good anymore because the, the honeymoon phase is over, baby. Well. But here's the thing. Reality sets in.
0: I'm not sure that they're going to be playing better now than they will do a couple of weeks from now. I just think that they happen to start out with two big wins. I mean, one of them is over the Valiant, and they had a close map there too. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, the Valiant. And they had a close map there too. And they could have lost this series. I mean, every single map came down to like one team fight. So... The, the, it's very feasible that they could have lost this map. The, 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 Philly and Sol are on a very similar level right now. But it's already started the conversations about, like, is Philly the best team in APAC? I think it's way too early to be talking we haven't about. even seen shit half like the that.
1: teams in the league play. You
0: yeah, we haven't seen New York. We haven't seen like, Hangzhou. Even,
1: we haven't seen any of this. I mean, the same thing with the Houston. Like, I said, like, oh, they look like the best team in NA right now because we still haven't seen half the teams play, right? Like, there could be a better team looking team than Houston and then NA. Yeah.
0: Or it may just cool down after a couple of weeks. You know, performance yeah. is variable. It's not static. So, okay. yeah, I feel good about Philly, though. And I didn't think I was going to say that at all. I, I was expecting to see a really shaky fusion to start the season.
3: Can, can I step on the gas pedal for hyperbole statements? Do it. <laughs> do, you, do you mind? Can you tell whether a top NA or a top APAC is better yet? How are we going to go down with that mm. conversation, huh? Well, we need to honestly, get the ready pumping. It's Probably a little it too better. early.
1: It's a little too early yet because we just haven't seen like until we actually see like the because it's week one, right? So like generally we're we're settling into metas, right? Too like we haven't seen all the teams play, so I still think it's way too early to start seeing yet. But I mean, of course in my that's opinion, the
0: sensible answer, but give us the hot take.
2: <laughs> I mean, as <laughs> well, tell you if I
1: were to view it from a, a support perspective, mercy. I think for some reason, NA teams. This is already a meta difference that I'm already seeing and why I think Apex better. Why in the fuck are we playing Echo without Mercy? And like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Echo without Mercy, she's just slightly better Farrah you know? And like, she's just like, and also even then, like you still can't even get the full value out of her as slightly better Farrah without Mercy. I think that's already an early read from Apex that is ahead of an A, is playing Echo with Mercy because I just don't get... Then, like, I understand the logic of like the Ana Brigida or like the Zen Brigida, right? Like, you still have options to heal the Echo, but you get the most value and the most consistency with the Mercy. And I think that's already a better read from APAC.
2: We still have some big teams yet to play. Uh, yeah. what New York Excelsior does or looks like, uh, Hangzhou, uh, we didn't see the Justice this week, uh, or yeah. London or Paris, uh, in NA.
0: Yeah, my gut reaction when you asked the question was to just respond immediately with NA for the hot take. But I, <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I really... I don't, I don't I don't, even know how to answer the question because I don't know who the top teams in APAC really are right now. Like, you look at... Chung um, Chengdu. Right. Well, that's... Yeah, that's a good place yeah. to move on to, I think. If we want to talk about entering the Chengdu zone. Because I they told start- y'all. Matt, you didn't
1: tell me. I had Chengdu rated highly as well.
0: But now, you I did say, not have
1: them beating dragons highly.
0: You say, we told <laughs> no, y'all, no, no. no one had the Chengdu over dragons, and Chengdu in that but opening but match actually looked kind of fucking all over the place. If we want to talk the about their beginning game Chengdu when they played high. against the Valiant. Oh, uh, but maybe the Valiant turned a little bit better than we thought.
1: They did. I think Look, that's honestly, true. Uh, who? Mal-O-Ran? Maloran? Maloran? That guy, guy kind of pounced. Moodle. Dude, I'm fucking Crystal
2: fun. on the on Gibraltar against Carpe. I mean, for all the fucking memes of Crystal, I mean, he's shooting them through the fucking pipes and shit, little fucking corners. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Milanran's Milanran almost got an AKM blade trying to play Genji on. Uh, <laughs> it was a three minute forty blade that was making people. What wh- if we ignore that? Blade. But his but tracer. Outside
2: of that, though, it's Tracy, his yeah. tracer
0: did look good. Uh, it, it looked it looked pretty decent. I think the Valiant, after this first week, look like they're on pace to win one or two games this season. They'll win a game or two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they I don't. I can see look... Chengdu
1: being one of those. I can see Chengdu like going. <laughs> Chengdu, yeah, like,
2: totally. <laughs> Chengdu
1: could easily lose to them and then destroy Dragons in the next in the next day because that's yeah. what Chengdu does. Yeah.
0: To talk about the Chengdu game over Shanghai though. I was so, so disappointed in Shanghai's performance in that game. I did a VOD review of it, and Chengdu played well. They, they played well. And that's... It's always the thing when you see a top team play awfully is that it's you're not going to notice the mistakes against bad teams. They're still going to roll them over. The bad team's going to make even more mistakes, and you're just going to end up with a shit fest. Um, but Chengdu played... Um, Chengdu played pretty well here, but... For Shanghai, it's it's not so much this first map, which, okay, the the first map they had some weird compositions that they ran, to, where they were trying to play, like, the Zen in the backline here and the Diva, which I don't think makes sense to me. Like, Iziaki is such a target here for Chengdu to try and go on to, whereas if you're running with the, the Ana, you have the Nana boost, you have... You want the Zarya bubbles. Like, there's a reason that the double bubble comp is the, the double bubble comp with the, with the Anna and the Zarya. Because you're generating a huge amount of value from the abilities that those guys have. Um, but this wasn't what molded me. Eichenwald fucking molded me into another realm. Another <laughs> fucking realm of existence. And I think... I think I'm starting to... Huh? I think I'm starting uh-huh. to wonder about fate. Oh, okay, yeah. I had concerns about this in the offseason. I watched them play in the Nexus Cup when Fate was mostly playing ball, and I was like, damn, this guy's fucking coordinated with them. Like These guys look as good as they did when Fearless was in. Now that we're seeing Fate play more tanks, I'm getting more concerned. And, dude, it's really early days. It's far too early to have any serious worries or doubts but just the the mustard seed of doubt in my mind oh, is starting to spring up
2: look look at how you saw Fearless perform with Dallas and then look at like I mean fearless we know right now is just an absolute beast. like I don't think you have that same type of play uh with fate yeah,
0: yeah. But Fate's I mean he was, was
1: consistently really good though is the thing like with Florida <laughs> last year he was really he was consistently very good.
0: he was good, so. yeah, he was good, and he's yeah. pretty well rounded too, right. Um, but what I, my, my my struggle here is that everything that Shanghai were doing was uh, pretty nonsensical. And a lot of it came down to them just, they made this same rotation where Shanghai Dragons push in, <laughs> they go up onto the bridge... And Chengdu just rotate their backline back onto the floor and out rotate them because they know what tra- Shanghai Shanghai trying to do. Not once did they try and apply point pressure, like um like we saw the NA teams do. Like we saw, you know, when Atlanta were playing against Florida and we saw the mirror on Eichenwald and Atlanta, you know, they they're kind of poking it out and they end up just going towards yeah. the point. They they also got hit by every bionade in existence because Fate and Void are not ready for them coming through. They're not they're not anticipating the timings of it and keeping Shield or Defense Matrix up to, to block these. And Shanghai never had any... I mean, just look at this. They're just going round and round and round in I circles mean, repeatedly. This is not uh, yeah, a, a team I, that understands how to play this comp.
3: I haven't... Like, again, I haven't watched the match, so I, I, I can't say for sure. But this, to me, feels like a team that just hasn't practiced this composition enough, historically, even. Because but dating w- back to last year, how much did we see Fearless on Reinhardt? A like, lot, how
0: actually. Quite a lot. In rush comps, I know that it went under the radar because rush comps were only good at the beginning of the season and they kind of made their bread and butter later on in the season by playing Winston. But they played rush when it was meta and they were fucking yeah. good at it. They were the best team in APAC at the rush comps and they were really, really good at it. And now they just look like... Where's, where's the may to be able to actually block off angles and get you into positions? Where's the may to be able to cut off healing sight lines or Zarya bubbles and try and put more pressure on Gaga? No, instead you're going to run with a Reaper and Fleder's like trying to push into them 1v6 to finish off kills in the middle of the fight. None of what they're doing makes sense. It just... And then they
2: switch to Moira here. Uh, I remember, I watched this actually this morning uh, when I, I got up really early and I was just like, I, I want to go back and see what the fuck happened in this series. and. It just it's, looked like Shanghai just really didn't have a clue on how they're to stuck play in Groundhog Day. this stuff. Yeah. And then
0: when the ult cycle comes through, they don't know what to do. It's like they've theorycrafted a comp. This play was nuts. They've theorycrafted the a comp that they're like, oh, it's good against the Winston. It's not fucking good against the Winston. The Winston <laughs> is just going to ru- run away from you. <laughs> they're just going to run away from you.
1: I mean, theoretically, it could be good against their back line, but the problem is dragons sit there and just tie, you know, they, they just sit there and just never actually take a fight. Like, why are they scared? Like, When the Winston jumps with a Zarya bubble, why would this comp ever be scared of the Winston? Just fucking shoot them, and then walk in. Like you literally could just walk in and burn the bubbles and burn the Winston, force them to back up, and then push for the back line. And the they turret, literally,
0: like, you know? what are they like, what are running going from, from in here? Yeah, they're pathing the same way every single time. They must have had like six team fights here, and they are pathing the same way. They running from the fucking Torb turret? Like, what the fuck are they running? Yeah, for? it's like
1: all the and the thing <laughs> is, they're taking these fights here versus just like you said, Josh, pressuring the point.
2: This, is the, only, the this is the only time they get to the point. To the point.
1: <laughs> it's the only time they get this. to the point
2: the whole round is here in OT. They finally make it. Oh, that's kind of disgusting.
1: Yeah, this was like a really... But I mean, this really gave me a lot of, you know... It's, it's the meta right central. now, but I have Hopium. I have a lot of Hopium for for, Ching, for Chengdu right now. No Copium yeah. for... I mean, Copium for Dragons, Hopium for Chengdu. I feel like Chung, getting to see Chengdu... Also, another thing I've been vindicated about, everyone, a lot of people are like, I don't think Elsa's very good. I don't like Elsa. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Elsa's pretty good. The team just needed like actually like a main tank. They just needed a main tank, and now Elsa can play off tank because how the fuck are you supposed to play off tank if you can't play main tank? Like, there's no way it's never gonna work. And now they have a main tank. Elsa's gonna look so much better. The only thing they
2: need to do is just to keep Jinmu off the you know off off the magic dust. You know, sometimes our Jinmu's like ah yeah, the Genji's really good right now. It's the meta. He's just gonna fucking play Farah and just fly around or do some other weird shit. Like they just need to keep him like. In, in line because when Jinmu plays like what the the meta is and he's so good at all these different heroes, but then sometimes he just pulls out some some wacky shit out of nowhere and it, it makes no sense. But they build
0: a comp yeah. around it. They just need to keep him in, in Jinmu kinda, actually in line. Jinmu actually put quite a bit of Sombra in this series, yeah. And there was a lot of talk about his Sombra being like better than Lips over the course of the series or whatever. I think that's kind of like that's reaction. Or- oh, interesting though. Yeah. yeah. But, the power, the power rankings updated,
2: uh, for publicly, yeah, yeah on the site. I just pulled mm-hmm. it up. Uh, would you like to know who the number one ranked player oh uh, for the God. first week is? No.
0: Oh yeah, Jin
4: <laughs> What? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you, want what? Top, you want to hear the
2: top? You the top five? Jinmu, Gaga, Gangnam okay, sure. Jin. Sure lastro no elsa and gets you
0: six (laughs) (laughs) nice
4: okay well here's
0: the thing here's the thing the way that this works is that it needs a lot of data to actually output meaningful results so it's really important that you just give it some weeks to process the data like i wouldn't even say that like by the but by the end of the third week, it should have enough data to be spitting out meaningful stuff. This is, I mean, this is clearly not functional Jimmy's at the beginning the there isn't enough. There isn't enough data here.
3: And also, surprise, surprise, winning is good for your score.
1: I mean, so. also, yeah, that's, it's crazy to me that OG is currently above happy at that ranking, you know? <laughs> like, that guy literally won Houston. Their matches at times. Like he literally like hard carried Houston to win against like shock uh,
2: I, I'm so interested with these like power ranking stats on how they develop with the AI over time and like change. Like I think it's uh I think it, it'll be really interesting to see like what players like get oddly high ranked that we wouldn't have suspected, like like Lastro or even nice, right? We were talking about him earlier in the show, like maybe his tracer's not that good or whatever. And he was like the number two DPS for the first week.
0: Uh, Sure, yeah. 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 But like I say, I think there's a lot of tweaking that needs to be done. Well, not tweaking necessarily. You just have to let the algorithm actually... Yeah, more more data, data, more players, Um, yeah. The reason that I brought up Jinmu's Sombra, though, is because it was pivotal to their win on Gibraltar. And normally, I would not be rating Jinmu's Sombra. He's historically not been that great on Sombra whatsoever. Um, But I think they've probably done some serious work on it because the... Uh, if you can find their defense on point C of Gibraltar when they uh, when they played against the Shanghai Dragons, um, they they were playing this ball sombra comp, and it's like the the sombra and the long range hit scan, you know, and it's the poke comp. So you have a Zen, And the ball they were they were so disruptive to Shanghai in the backline, and it was impossible. I was I was doing the VOD review, and I was like, they really need to push. Um, Amon and Jinmu, uh, sorry, Amon, Gaga and Jinmu, out of those positions, and yet when they did that, they would just disappear, get healed up, and go straight back <laughs> into those positions again. And it's clear that Chengdu realize it, it, it feels like they have a great understanding of which areas of the map are really important to fight over, and hold, and continue to threaten. Um, and especially on a map like Gibraltar, I think map control is such a key, fundamental concept to control certain angles. To be able to set up your hit scan to to play there. Oh wait, shit! It wasn't Jinmu then. Fuck, who was it? It must have been Lee. Jimmy. I, I was I just sitting here confused no, the whole leave. time. <laughs> it, <laughs> it must <laughs> have been Kurt's leave. like what?
1: <laughs> no, so I mean, I know Lee also had like a crazy hyperflex and played like I believe he played Sombra at one point. I can't remember if it was this map though. Honestly, I can't remember.
0: I can't remember, but whoever it was playing Sombra towards the end of this map, I thought it was Jinmu for some reason because he played it on map one, was playing really well, coordinated with Gaga. I guess that makes more sense because I didn't think Jinmu was that great at Sombra, but this whoever was playing it here was good. Um, and they, it, it made me believe that Chengdu have uh, the the right ideas to be able to be good this season. It wasn't just skilling it based on players. I saw this narrative pop up so much from people on Twitter and the fans just like, well, Chengdu's players were just better at every position. Come the fuck on. That is not true. The, the Chengdu players are not better at every position than the Shanghai Dragons, and they didn't play better at every position in this match. You can't... The, the game doesn't work like that. It's not the case. It, I mean, it could,
1: like, if you're dealing with, like, you know, if you were to put Chengdu versus, like, Titans or something, you know, sure, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, not versus Shanghai. Not versus Shanghai.
0: It's it's Definitely strategy not. and an understanding of the meta that separates the Tier 1 team.
1: Still, yeah. I'm still hyped about Chengdu. Yeah. You know, I'm still feeling hyped about Chengdu. I think they're still kind of crazy. They're still kind of inconsistent. They got some some stuff to work out a little bit. But overall, this just... I know Hart, I've just talked about it so much, but God damn, the fact that they finally just have a main tank player—they finally have a player that can just play main tank. Please, the love of God! Like I'm so happy, and not just that, like, like an average awesome. main
2: tank player. No, a really like good w, main tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah a very, very good snake. main
1: tank. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very excited for Chengdu for this year. I still am. I think Shanghai, you know, they had like kind of a rough start, but they should still be fine moving forward. I think.
0: How did your pickems fare this week, you smug little bastard?
1: NA looked amazing, uh, APAC did not because of the uh, Philly match, which even though I thought Philly was better than Seoul long term, I right, didn't right. expect them to win that match right, and then I wasn't expecting Chengdu to be dragons, so overall, like, my APAC pick'ems were like, eh, but my NA pick'ems, kind of pog, my NA I pick'ems think- kind of pog.
0: I think Kurt had the highest Pickums rating of any of the people <sighs> on Hot Chat.
2: Uh I mistweeted that. Uh, I got mine confused with Avast. I had twenty one, oh. and Avast had twenty two. So Avast, yeah. uh, I, I even am the Smugger.
1: Best. Wow! Wow! Yeah,
0: so clever. Yeah, uh, so clever. Uh, you know who's yeah. number
2: one worldwide? Hmm? Uh, he he works at a uh, he works at Blizzard uh, with us, and we've worked with him on the World Cup, Jeremy Hammer oh Uh, yeah 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 he's got 38
0: points in the first week 38 what's the max number of points
1: i mean this guy has to have like he must have just been an unabashed like chung do simp no i I think i
0: I think he had outlaws over shock with the exact score Uh, i think he had yeah insane picks well Uh, i mean he's the script writer then surely if someone at Blizzard has the number one <laughs> score in the entire Pickums, you're telling me they aren't writing the script. That, that's just sure. how you find them yeah. out. This was this I, was all just an crazy. elaborate investigation to find the mole inside but the Yeah, machine. here it is. Uh, yeah, he got twenty-three Whoa. points in NA for week one. Dude, he's Look got all, all the scores those... he's got all the scores
1: Jesus. right. The scores, yeah, yes. with the scores. Holy shit. Script. He only got one of the scores wrong, and it was the fuel Glads <laughs> match.
0: Oh this my god. He actually has got, he's got the got Mayhem Titans script, man. as well. He got Mayhem Titans running. Yeah. Dude. But my god. That's he had the incredible. Toronto 3 2. He oh, had the, the Outlaws 3 well, 2. to be fair, like, I
1: mean, the, the Toronto Rain one, like, that's not as crazy to me because I sort of had that too. But, like, I think that, like, the.
3: Oh, f- like, fusion Soul
1: as well. The Fusion oh. Soul one, what the fuck? D-d-d-d-d- I mean, he had I the. F- he point. had. Like, I. I I I and that's he, crazy.
2: And he that's got double crazy. points for those. I mean that's yeah. fucking
0: that, that is, is some wild. baller shit. He's just he's
1: just, be- he's he's just built, built differently. He's just, just built differently. That,
0: that is built different. Yeah. Mm. That's that is actually nuts. Um Kirk, can we take a look at our plat chat leaderboard as well? And um and see like who's at the top of the plat chat leaderboard cuz presumably Are we Jeremy... uh, skipping Seoul? What, Does sorry? We, are we skipping the Seoul type? I think we already talked, talked about Seoul. Yeah, practice. we talked about, yeah, about it. About yeah, soul. We talked about well, I I think I think we're good. We okay. already covered them with their loss to the um, gotcha. the Philadelphia Fusion. Um, yeah. I well, I want to take a look at the Plant Chat rankings for the Pickhams because presumably Jeremy Hammer isn't in there. I don't know whether you've taken a look <laughs> at the leaderboards and seen who's who's at the top or anything like that. But uh, while Kurt pulls them up, I thought this was also a good time to get some closing thoughts, Jonathan. What what was your week? Oh, here we go. Plant Chat. Oh wow. I mean. We'll just for, uh, for a week. We'll just click on this and wait for it to load. Yeah.
3: The the Overwatch League website has uh has crashed for me a couple of times today. Uh, I think people are so excited about the new power rankings. So
2: uh it takes a know, while just... to load the pigums. It's like mm. so many <laughs> so I was surprised how so many
0: people are in the platch out one. When oh, yeah, I mean, checked dude. it. I was like, Matt, wait, what? Matt, when I joined the Platchat one, when I joined, there was two thousand people in there and it took like five minutes for the for the link to work to open the leaderboard. That's oh. insane. Oh. Well. Okay. We Platchat has just broken OverwatchLeague.com. There are too many people trying to predict, like, Giga Brains on the Platchat leaderboard. And uh, mm. we've fucked up the whole website. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
1: They really... I wish there was a way to integrate, like, if we could have, like... Dude, Channel Point betting right now is off the fucking... Like it's off the goop, by the way. There was some guy that turned my channel like a hundred like a two hundred thousand points into one point three million on like the fucking Houston bet. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like- if there was channel points for Overwatch League website, you would straight up like stri- the we would start having like commissions looking into like, <laughs> this is gambling addiction because like people are losing their goddamn minds with the pickems and the channel point predictions people, like together.
0: People were asking me crazy. if I was going to have channel points predictions in my Twitch chat while I was offline casting. People were people asking me to run there People their minds.
1: People are losing their minds. The, the, the dopamine cycles, the fucking, it's crazy. <laughs> like, it's crazy right
3: now. I, I'm a small time streamer, Andy. I get like you know, maybe 100 viewers consistently, like, when I play Overwatch, and I have people gambling in my chat when I'm offline. Like, <laughs> I come back, and, like, people are, like, gambling at, like, 8pm. I'm not even on. I haven't been on all day, and they just, like, gamble away in my chat. Like, it's actually absurd. Um, t- talking about, you know, as we try to get this website off, like, closing <laughs> thoughts from week one. We talked about this earlier. But, like, what a week of Overwatch League. Everything from the matches. I mean, the Houston-San Francisco match was epic. But even, like, the vibe, the community engagement. I mean, the memes, the edited video memes on competitive Overwatch Reddit has taken it to a next level. I don't know what to credit, whether it's TikTok or whatever, but, but the small little teenagers editing videos have taken it to the next <laughs> level. Like, you remember that rock from the Dallas Fuel Houston yeah. Outlaws match? Like, immediately, get it onto a meme, the super reaction onto a Simpsons clip. Like, they're on the ball. The entertainment is off the charts so i'm <laughs> loving season one so far or season four so far yeah
1: yeah i think the memes are i have a clip circulating right now of me as soon as the as soon as we the screenbook started to go down i have a clip circulating to me saying i'm about to be an insufferable bitch on twitter everyone <laughs> just taking that like context and just like posting it everywhere so it's been a good it's been a really good start honestly i can't think i feel like this is the best start since like season one Mm. legitimately it's been the best start of a, of a season it's been a really really good start
0: quite interesting because the, the viewership <laughs> doesn't reflect that the viewership for opening week is the lowest that it's or for the opening day is the lowest that it's been it's down it was down from like 138k last year to 100 and i don't know 112 or something this year around but i feel like i feel like engagement from fans has gone up it's like yeah. less of less of just the um the random people poking their head in to see what's going on and more like actual fan excitement for the league beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what uh, I think there's a thread up now that's like the the
2: opening weekend uh, of this season is the third, fourth, and fifth most viewed videos on the Owl channel on YouTube Yeah. right now. Uh, just a really good weekend for like Overwatch esports in general. Uh, I also think in terms of the game, like I... I was pleasantly surprised with how much diversity in the meta there was. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think in terms of balance, like you saw so many different heroes played and not, not even like meme ways, like meaningful ways uh, where I I hope that continues uh, throughout the season. Uh, You just don't, just don't know with in terms of like uh, how balance goes and whatnot, but a really strong start. And I think as well, like we have so many more, like we haven't seen uh, New York we haven't seen Hangzhou we haven't seen the Justice the European teams with all the new European players like uh, still a lot more to unpack in terms of what the overall league looks like
1: yeah I guess we're still waiting but I'm prepared by the way for the European teams as a final thought I'm prepared to take that copium the European copium it's gonna be off the fucking chain when the copium starts coming through
0: what do you mean the European copium
1: because as soon as the European teams lose, the copium's gonna be through the roof, baby. They had like that They had like a couple like okay ish like preseason matches, and everyone's like, wait a minute, they're so good. Wait, Europeans? So, wait, guys, why are we doubting? Why are we doubting European Overwatch? But then I'm gonna be waiting. I'm gonna be waiting. There's gonna be a canister in hand. I'm gonna be filling it up as the copium enters the room from Europe, and it's gonna be, ah, oh, it's gonna be delicious. It's gonna mm-hmm. be a delicious time.
0: Uh, the, I think we've just broken the entire website. I don't think we're going to get to the plat chapter. The <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's I mean, broken. I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> we we okay, just well. absolutely boomed the Overwatch League website. I don't think it was intended for the entire, like, enormous community to all be on the same leaderboard, apart from the global one, which probably has way more resources behind the scene. Um, yeah, just fucked their infrastructure, didn't we? I wonder how many people actually joined in the end. Because we had, two. like I said, we had 2,000 when I joined, so there must have been more afterwards because we tweeted about it, too. That's, that's that's wild. It is yeah. wild, isn't it? People are people are loving it. Now, I'll tell you what else people love. People love power rankings. And that's what we've brought in this guy for because he was a genius last time. He's going to be a genius again. And if he isn't gives us an opportunity to crucify him. So and that's that's, that's what we're all that's what we're all looking forward to. We're redoing the them. The oh, listen, we're doing we're not redoing them. Here's, here's the thing. What we did before was end of season rankings. People yeah. call them power rankings, but it's kind of wrong. What we're doing is like predicting where people are going to end at the end of the season. That shit that we did is some kind of like looking into a crystal ball looking fucking foretelling shit. That is, it's just nonsense. It's guesswork. This is trying to yeah. try and see where we believe the teams are ranked in the West right now. Like week one, week two, beginning of the season. Who's the best currently? This is using the data that we've already got. Avast.
1: I mean, Houston's p- you, number one. You want to play Houston? I think, Houston right? I think one? we can all agree, right? Yeah, Houston's number one right now. right now. I mean, it's just it's just right now, right? Like we're just looking at based yeah. off this past week, like today,
2: like today. Like,
1: outlaws legitimately have to be number one.
2: The shock at yep, no number joke. two.
0: The shock at number two. I don't think yeah, they call that far. Yeah, shock at number two. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah,
1: I'd agree with that. Shock at number two.
0: What. Sure. What the heck are we gonna do with the teams like Washington, for example, where they haven't played yet? Should we just leave just them put at the them
1: bottom? In the yeah, you know, just put them in the blank tab. You know, just take them out or something. Okay.
0: Uh, who the heck do we put at number three here? Dallas. I, think
1: have- I mean, honestly, who are honestly, is up there. It's either gonna be mayhem or Dallas because the so there's two arguments for both, right? Like Dallas, they can't play hit scan, which I think is a major downside, <laughs> but but fuel, I think, currently has a far better grasp of like the rush meta in particular, and they're able to sort of make their unconventional comps work. so
0: yeah, it's I really think,
1: where we're feeling between there.
0: I think Florida have won against much worse teams at the moment as well if we're yeah. talking about like our our current rankings of where those teams would be. Yeah. Um, I would rate Dallas above them currently. yeah and I think, I, the I think they're teams. three yeah, and four fair. though, yeah, they're three and yeah, four that's three um, and four yeah sure. yeah,
1: I agree with that. Um,
0: Toronto? At that point, we've Five? Got, well, we've got yeah. Boston down at the bottom, right? So then it becomes, well, at that point it becomes a question of, do you feel better about Atlanta or Toronto actually? Oh, wait, what about the gladiators? So we're getting gladiators here. Yeah. Gladiators. Yeah, we're I, getting gladiator. I mean, if
1: anything, I would say that like, I mean, it's tough because for gladiators, you know, they had the loss of shock. Okay. Whatever. Then they lost to Houston.
0: So I think gladiators deserve to go next.
1: I, I, yeah. I'm, kind, I'm kind of with you there. I'm not. I'm still not huge on rain, and even though Defiant, I'm bigger on Defiant than Rain, Defiant looked kind of weak in the opening week. They didn't look like they would necessarily beat Gladiators right now. Like they would probably have a close match,
3: but I don't necessarily think they yeah, beat gl- them. Yeah, so. Gladiators is still a good team. That yeah, being I think Would
2: you do fine. Gladiators Go, going into this rain. next week?
3: I still feel like Gladiators could get boomed. some of the teams below them. So, like, I would rank them at number 5, too, but they could absolutely lose to some of the teams below them if they continue to get boomed. And because they look like they're in shambles, but they should realistically be a good team here at number 5.
1: Yeah. I would have, like, yeah, Gladiators, Defiant, Rain, Titans. Yeah, and I think that's
4: pretty
1: fair.
0: See, I know this is unjustifiable based on what we've seen in the last (laughs) week, but I... (laughs) I really was so unimpressed with Toronto when they well Toronto were making some weird subs. They were just trying to play everybody, right? So it's hard to yeah, play I mean, if they, if they party.
1: hadn't lost that map to Titans, right, when they made the subs, would you really feel as bad? I feel like they literally I mean, just mate, like if, if they, they had kinda...
0: lost another map to Atlanta, I'd feel way worse about them, right? Yeah, like, yeah, obviously. Change your map either way. Huge. They were the way, swept, huge. They swept. Yes, they were, and th- I feel like Atlanta and Mayhem to me are very difficult teams to place right now too, because I could see Mayhem losing. I could see Mayhem being in the sixth position currently too. And, and I could see Atlanta being in a higher position.
1: But I don't think I would have Mayhem below Gladiators. I think at most, like you could, I, I, I currently still believe, I don't think Gladiators currently looks better than Mayhem. Do I think they're close? Yeah, but it's kind of hard to argue versus Gladiators, like how just disjointed they look comparatively. Mayhem really yeah. only looked bad on Rush. That was like the only thing they really looked bad on was Rush.
4: What, what do you
3: think? What do you think Gladiators' wing condition would be against the Florida Mayhem?
1: The wing condition for Florida Mayhem. I mean, honestly, they could probably. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I didn't like Gladiators' rush that much either. Like with their Ryan May. I mean, yeah, I would exactly. say they probably should be. They would still be. I still think their their rush like at the. If I took them at the eye test, I still would think their rush would be better. No, so, because Mayhem's rush was really yeah. Poor.
0: yeah Mayhem's rush it, was yeah. really poor. To me, though, I and think, I think the- that would be it. The way that I would phrase Florida right now is pretty similar to how I would phrase Atlanta, where it's like they're only good at one comp. It's not that they're not good at rush. It's that they haven't demonstrated they're good at anything apart from double bubble am i am I misremembering did they play some like uh, really good ball comps or double shield or something? I, I don't think they did did
1: they Well, it's not so much that. It's just more the fact that i trust I trust mayhem's oh I trust mayhem's team, especially since they're already proven that they're really good at more dive compositions that I trust him to be good beyond that on, like, ball comps or even, like, you know, as we move forward. I We don't know on double shield for sure, but, like, any other comp that's going to be highly mobile dive-centric, I trust Mayhem's probably going to be pretty good at. Yeah. We don't we don't have a guarantee, but I trust Mayhem to be good at those comps by extension and to still struggle with rush and, like, rush-based comps. I'll tell you they, what the they, only they thing they I really, really want to competent.
0: do... The only thing I really want to do with these rankings is drop Vancouver down another one to indicate the tier gap because I really feel like this yeah. the te- of the teams that we've seen so far, it's fucking competitive. It really is. It yeah. looked for a moment like Toronto might not be. Like if Toronto had been whacked 3-0 in that match as well, we would be talking about Toronto being in the tier down, I think, compared to the others. But they battled back. They showed the, that resilience and they showed their ability to be able to compete. And I think all the rest... Would you really be able to predict a strong favorite from three down to seven? I'm not sure that no, I would not be able to. No, no. no.
3: I, it's what I said earlier. Like, it feels very map-based. And that's what I love about this region as well. It's like, depending on the map pool, you could see all kinds of crazy results, which makes it very exciting. I so. won't admit
1: Vancouver had this... People were talking about, like, they're going to be Omega Turbo garbage this year. And I actually don't have that read on them yet. I think there was moments where Vancouver, especially versus um, who did they play like yesterday? They played like the No, not the They played Mayhem. Mayhem. Even versus Mayhem, they won. Like the map, they won against Mayhem. They won fair and square. Like okay, but their rush was
3: trash on rush. Yeah, yeah, but 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 that's not the
1: point. The point being, if Florida looks trash, you shouldn't be losing to like essentially. People were saying Titans was going to be like Boston season two, season three tier, you know. And even if you're looking really, really bad, you shouldn't be losing to those teams if you're, like, expected to be a top-tier team. Like, yeah, their rush actually looked okay. Like, I think their DPS line, Teru, his May, mm-hmm. not bad. Teru's May, yeah. That's good. I think people were underrating Fre- uh, Fred, Mr. Fred Wiener, Fred Fried Wiener a little
2: bit. Fred, I He played pretty well.
1: I, yeah, he actually looked okay. I think people underrated him a bit because they forgot that he actually looked okay with Atlanta on Season 2. He actually looked, like, okay at points. Like, not bad. Yeah. So I think... I, I do think there's, like, some okay-ish points. Like, even Linkser. Linkser looks solid on Hitscan. Dalton looks solid on Hitscan. Like, I do think there were some okay moments for Vancouver I, this past weekend. I, I, but their support line... Oh, boy. There there needs to be... All right. Hopefully be I, I to... will
3: say, on Titans, before we move on, I have definitely gained more respect for them uh, when they eventually go up against the likes of Paris and Lona Spitfire. Whereas before, I'd be like, Paris and London are going to win those. I think Titans could actually beat you know beat some of those lower end teams. Yeah,
1: there's there's some there's I some things play up in the air week. potentially.
0: I think Titans play Paris this mm-hmm. week. I think that's so. a really cool mm-hmm. match. That's yeah. a really cool match. Me, match. I like me and Bren are casting that. that they could win. Me and Bren casted Houston Boston at the beginning of last year, and I'm getting similar vibes from this game
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Vibes. I want I want another toilet bowl so bad. I love. <laughs> boy. I love.
2: It's coming. Up. Toilet bowl. Hey, it's coming. up. So
0: it's a Brennan Sideshow toilet ball coming straight at you, I think. But i they only have 16 opportunities this season to take a win, right? That's quite different to other seasons that we've seen yeah. in the past. Uh, most of the time you can argue, oh, yeah, well, even the bad teams will eventually trip somebody up. We're not really talking eventually this year. There is no eventually. There's 16 no. opportunities. That is not very many whatsoever. Um. Do you feel like they have a better chance of being able to take wins or the Valiant do an APAC?
2: I think uh, my yes. gut
0: my gut originally just said the Valiant because
2: of like, maybe like they're able to beat like Guangzhou or Hangzhou is not that good or Seoul Dynasty does a Seoul Dynasty for a day or something like that. Uh, I don't know though. That's, that's tough. I think it actually depends on how like Paris and London look. There's more beatable teams in an A.
1: Yeah. Four
0: times probably to, like, yeah. to go at. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with probably. that. That's probably the real thing. It just comes down to there's more beatable teams in an A.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's um let's move on to the APAC region then and uh and do the APAC rankings. So who are the teams that we haven't seen so far? We haven't seen Hangzhou. We New York seen and New Hangzhou. York. Yeah, it's the um, only two. <laughs> I like the LA is just question marks. <laughs> it's the the Beijing Bears. The Beijing Um, Bears. All right, so so those two teams go down to the bottom. I think, you know, in in terms of the actual leaderboard, the Charger at the bottom right now because they didn't win a match. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. that's fair.
0: When I look, I'm a little
1: upset. That is that is one L I took heavily. I've taken a heavy charge L currently based on my preseason.
0: but save my boy Prong. I would still not rank them above the Valiant, though. Uh, Sorry, I would Mm. still not rank them below the Valiant. I would say. I I think that. Why? Why? I mean, why? The the Ross is just
1: really they should be better than they yeah they should in. I mean they, they should, should yeah they just should be.
3: What were the they games? I just, just watched the matches, matches, but were they really that bad? They
1: didn't
2: win a map. The charge. Like,
1: people, did, yeah, but but they but they but they did play. I mean,
0: you they can still we you know
2: positives. Together. People they were, are arguing for them to be they, lower than They the
1: played Valons? Dynasty and Dragons. They okay, played Dynasty so, and Dragons and Dynasty and shit together.
0: Chosiwan looked pretty decent on Tracer. Yeah, he had some Chose decent moments. Um, what I else? Think Krong's
1: still fine. Krong yeah. is still Krong.
0: Krong, yeah, Krong is Krong, still Krong. Krong. He still looks good what in these matches. Kariv? Mm. Uh, Meh. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Um, Andu. Meh. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like
1: this, I feel like though, looking at Charge. This is another team that just doesn't have their shit together yet and it's not a talent issue. And to me Ah
2: uh, might be. Are you still on this? You
0: still
1: believe? I am. It
0: might be. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I really do. So I the the when we went over this before, I didn't die on this hill previously, but the reason that I ranked the Guangzhou Chargers one of the weakest teams in APAC when we did our power rankings is because I just don't believe in the talent on the roster. It's a fundamentally like opposed viewpoint to you. Where I I don't really believe in Kaylee. I think they've downgraded at the, the um the, what do you call it? Fucking flexible position quite significantly yeah. from Shu to Kariv. And I also th- feel like I don't have that much faith in Mandu either. So you've kind mm-hmm. of taken a team that had a decent core and you've cored out the best piece. Well, may- maybe not the best pieces. That might be the wrong way of putting it because I still do believe that the tank line is pretty solid and Krong looks like a good piece that would excel elsewhere but I feel like they've downgraded at the positions that they've changed. Like every change that they've made has been for the worse this season in terms of yeah, the time. Yeah, I,
1: mean- I don't think Mondu's a downgrade necessarily. I feel like Mondu has a lot of potential to be very good. It's just, we it's haven't like seen it because you just it. don't
2: rate Chara very highly though? Like- uh, no,
1: I didn't rate Chara very highly. Yeah. It's not that Chara was bad though. I, it's just like, I didn't rate him very highly. I thought he was like a mid table APAC support, maybe a little less. I think Mondu has the real potential to be really good. I, I, I actually... I, I casted Mandu in Contenders in 2019, and I've kept kept tabs of them since. And, like... I think Mandu's good. I mean... Okay. I, I think Mandu has the potential to be, like, a very solid player. I mean, fucking Myungbung came from that same team. And their support line back then, it was Mandu, Myungbung And it was really fucking good. And, yeah. like, I I... I think... There's, and also, I do agree, Karib is a downgrade on Shu, but I don't think it's a huge downgrade because I think people are kind of low on Karib simply because he played a really rough year with Defiant last year. Um, I, I actually do think their support line has potential. I think their tank line is still really good, and Chosy one's already proven that he's going to be pretty good. I think yeah, yeah, it's more of just good. like, where do they go with the rest with their you know with with Kaylee and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think I do feel I overrated them a little bit, perhaps this year <laughs> though. Bit. I do feel like I overrated them a little bit, but I still think they're going to be pretty good. I still think they could yeah. be good as the year goes on.
3: I think it comes down to the teamwork and identity that we touched on, um, because when we actually talked about the Guangzhou charge, we were like. They, they if they are going to win, they need to be the consistent team in an inconsistent region and beat on teams like Seoul Dynasty when they like turn up and they don't know what to do in Chengdu on their off days, uh, Philadelphia Fusion, if you know, they didn't do well with Hotba and uh, Toby, that's the matches that Guangzhou needed to win. But as you know, you've already told us that they just looked like they had no identity and like couldn't yeah. find their playstyle, And so they have nothing.
0: They, they yeah. also, they need to be playing Eileen more. I, I've never yeah, felt I stronger about a point of, like, playing a player. Eileen had yeah. a breakout year last year. He he was always a good Widowmaker, Doomfist player. This was the kind of role that he inhabited in, in 2019. 2020, He when, when Nero had those visa issues, he stepped the fuck up. He was playing Tracer for them. He was playing Genji for them. He was playing whatever the hell the team needed, and he was doing exceptionally well. I don't mind if you specialize him in long-range hitscan. He has a good widow. He probably can play the Ash and McCree and stuff like that if you really need him to. The guy seems flexible. Maybe that's going to be a struggle for him, but I think that he is probably going to provide more value on that role than Kaylee is. Kaylee looks lost at the moment. I, I, don't, I don't think the there's... The two players that excite the people there. the most on this roster are Aileen and Krong. Uh, I mean, those are the two players yeah, yeah, I yeah. think you want to see. Year, yeah. yeah. All right, so let's let's get into the rest of it. Are we... Well, actually, I suppose we should solve this. I mean, yeah! yeah number oh, one, baby! Yay. Chengdu number one! Like, Let's Get go. on the fucking train, baby! Yeah, I
1: mean, I won't even fight that point. I think Chengdu no. does deserve your number one. Yeah.
0: Philly Ooh. number what two. What about Philly, though? What about Philly? Because people are going to say Philadelphia beat the Seoul Dynasty. Both Chengdu and Philadelphia beat the Valiant. But you could argue Philly looked slightly better when they did that. Um, Chengdu, Chengdu got kind of... Shanghai. What's right? They three-zero 0 Who? Shanghai. What
2: kind of argument's there? Uh, listen, Well, there's no argument, is... There's no
1: argument with Chengdu. Like, Chengdu should be number
0: one. Yeah. Uh, well, are you saying the Philly team? Um, we're, we're talking about i I'm saying right? people are saying, people are asking me, are Philadelphia Fusion the number one team in APAC right now? After well, they, they went 2-0 in their opening week. No. Damn, yeah, no. No, man, no.
1: Chengdu, like, like to me, like, I feel like you can't, like, I mean, look at, I mean, this roster, Chengdu, they just have, their penises are so big. Like, there's just no way. Like, <laughs> they just deserve to be number one right now. They deserve to be number one right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I could, You could definitely make the argument that Fusion could be number one, but I, I don't think they are. I don't don't would
0: like to, I would like to alter this list slightly, though, as well. I, What do you want to do? Um, Remind me of the games that Seoul played this week. They had the close games. They played Fusion and and Guangzhou. And then they played
1: Guangzhou. Yes. And they played Guangzhou.
0: And what were the games that Shanghai played this week again?
1: Chengdu and also uh, Guangzhou. No, Guangzhou. Right. Yeah.
0: I would like to make the argument that Seoul should be ahead of the Shanghai Dragons currently. From what I watched, from what I watched, the so mistakes that the Dragons were making were larger than the mistakes that the Soul Dynasty were making, and the successes that the Soul Dynasty had against the Fusion, I, I'm got they were really close in that game, in, to <laughs> the same tier of level. They were neck and neck with the Fusion, but just getting edged out at the end of every map. I... There was not a significant tier difference. There was a tier, di- not a tier difference, but they were not close to beating the Chengdu Hunters, Shanghai Dragons. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't competent in that match. They made a lot of significant errors. I think that I think that we're being cruel to Seoul and over. We're giving I, Dragons the benefit of their history in ranking them third right now. Holy shit!
2: I don't hate that.
0: I'm uh, going hard on them because I know that I they're going to rebound later. I, I don't. It doesn't I don't matter where it we up. put them now. I'm not as confident on this, as. In
2: fate as i think some of you guys are so i don't i don't entirely hate that now saying that i'm not entirely confident you know in the gesture thing like we talked about earlier but if they started to play marvel i feel fucking cool about it like uh i I think the main tank thing is going to be an issue for Shanghai all season, to be honest. By the way, Shanghai well, We don't have also, any direct
1: comparisons between the two, right? Like, we just are basing on yeah, how they show. looked in both their matches, right?
0: Well, we, they didn't play against each other, but they yeah, both exactly, played against... Yeah,
1: They didn't play against... Like, they also they played, didn't play They both played teams. Guangzhou. Yeah, they both like Guangzhou, that's true. But yeah, um, that's true. the
0: other thing that, that makes me doubt the Shanghai Dragons' form at the moment, and that's like how I want to phrase this, is just their current form. It's not indicative of what they're going to do in the future. I think it's extremely fixable. But they're running a lot of counter-comps to the meta. They're not running meta shit currently. And I think that that's not going it, to... It's That's fine to do if you're skill-gapping your opponents and you are defining the meta and you're... Busting up on other teams when they played against the charge, they were having close maps against them, where the Shanghai Dragons were trying to force counter comps, trying to play like Fara Sombra against the Guangzhou Charges, um, uh, against their rush comps and against uh, their their uh, uh, dive comps as well. That to me is not a sign of a team, especially when you're then close with a team that's not won a single map, but like the maps themselves were close. That to me is not indicative of a team that's in great form right now. They didn't shit on the charge. They, they were relying on, like, countering their compositions and playing off-meta stuff. It doesn't they don't play inspire me week. with confidence, especially when, when they go up against a good team, they get slapped. Uh, what there's the- shaky signs here for Week 1 in Shanghai. Shanghai, yeah. uh, their next two games are Hangzhou
2: and, and YXL. Which three. are both,
1: which are both going to be kind of like question marks because we haven't seen either of those teams. Play. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. Both of those
2: teams are all over the place. Like they could either be the second best in the region or yeah. like among <laughs> yeah. Guangzhou. This week there's some. Yeah. Uh, I, this week you see Philly, Hangzhou, and Chengdu, New York. Uh,
1: I mean, I think based off pedigree alone, but that's Shanghai not what these are. Three, it's not pedigree. But... It's
0: not history. It's current form.
1: What? Uh, yeah it is it's based on current form that that's true but also yeah i mean uh, i i i'm willing to give up soul to number three i think i'm willing to give that up for for this week yeah
0: i think i'm, I'm willing to say i that. feel
3: like this is the hot take that will be discussed heavily on competitive awards
2: uh
0: I, yeah i mean the, the i don't shanghai mind that fans I mean, are going to
2: maul the, i'm a fucking shanghai
0: out. simp but i can't stand for what i saw i can't justify it i can't excuse it it was uh, poor uh, play I mean that cr-
1: Chengdu clip. Oh god, that Chengdu that clip was rotating around. Like that's yeah, the level like of uh, last year. Can Gibraltar
0: was bad as well. You guys didn't even like get to see the clips on Gibraltar. That that was also bad. Maybe I shouldn't go watch him. I mean, you think should you watch should the should series. Just to see. That
2: series is worth watching. Yeah, yeah I think I, you, should. I, you know
1: what? I as someone that was perpetually down on Seoul too, I I'll give it I'll give Soul a three. I think I'm 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 behind it. I'm behind it.
0: And okay. I'm not, yeah, I mean, and I'm not, like, big in Seoul up massively either. I don't feel, like, mega confident about them rocketing to the top. But, okay, the next thing to do, I think, is to run through some, uh, some Preds. We've got our top five matches of the week for next week coming up. Yep, this is a monster episode. But the thing is, in this first week, people <laughs> want to talk shit, about all o'clock? the teams. People yeah. want to talk about all the teams, even the <laughs> Man, good teams, even the bad
2: teams. Nah, nah, nah,
0: The first one I want to go over is an absolute club banger with a team that we haven't seen yet. It's number one, the Washington Justice against the Dallas motherfucking fuel. Holy shit.
1: Yo. Yep. We've already we sort of talked this one out before though, didn't we? We sort of talked this one out before. Yeah? Cause I said, cause well, I guess we didn't. I guess we didn't. (laughs) Well, as the as the resident smug bitch PhD. Yep. In the room. Oh, no. Uh, I personally think the justice hype is not unfounded, but once again, essentially Atlanta levels have overhyped, in my personal oh. opinion.
3: Oh, Atlanta levels. I'm taking that personally. Yeah. Jesus Be- Christ. And I'm going
1: to tell you my reasons for it, especially now after seeing this last week for fuel. Especially now, I am still not confident in the Washington Justice coaching staff. Still uh. not. I am very confident in the fuel coaching staff after this first week.
4: Okay. Secondly,
1: their support line, I'm not huge on it. Not huge on the justice support line. And to me, there are the two most important aspects of any team outside of like coaching staff or just like pure players tanks and supports. And supports right now, especially, are such an impactful role with the BAP. Like having your BAP being able to like get good window timings and have solid lamps in there and like get value is key. I am not huge on Bebe. I am not huge on Bebe. And Closer, I actually think, is like... I, I think Closer is a little underrated after last year, but I don't think he's still top tier. So sure. I, I'm i just not big on those two things in particular, and that's why Fuel gets the edge for
0: Who, the, when, when we When we bring up Washington Justice's support line, I think it's a very fair criticism of the team, but I also feel like the rest of their roster is so good that it makes the supports look even worse by comparison. Yeah. If you were to take in isolation, Bebe and Closer versus, let's say, like, Repel and Jeksa, because that is a a support line that's going to be fielded by the Dallas Fuel, do you feel significantly better about Dallas there? Because I don't, personally. Yeah, I
1: do. I
0: do. I don't don't
1: feel significantly better about them if they keep doing this Repel swap, though. That shit's dumb. I don't like that. But if they if it's just Fielder Jexa full time, right, right, that's what they've committed to. I feel yeah. way more confident. About that
3: I fight. think I think this could be definitely like the matchup of the week because I, I, oh. what I'm predicting to see is just like two double bubble teams, just like with insane DPS players going head to head. But I think Washington Justice is gonna win it out. Like Sparkle I was also and Doha, like I get games. it, but Decay and Assassin. I think will just like set a new precedent in terms of DPS fuckery in the Overwatch League. And I think they're just going to take it to Doe and Sparkle. Like Doe and Sparkle are good, don't get me wrong, but they have some hiccups. And I think Uh... Assassin and Decay are just like on another level.
2: I'm a little bit with Josh. Like if you, uh, when you look at like Mag and Fury, Decay and Assassin, like if you added a support line that lived up to like how... We view those like who the fuck would have to be back there. You have, you to would have fucking, like, the gladiators back in the Joe and fucking Lee J Gon back there. It'd be like, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. It fucking makes it makes sense. Like uh, they're like closer and baby are gonna look worse compared to you know those four. Regardless, that doesn't mean I'm I-, I still have a lot of questions about them. I I tend to think though the other four might be so strong together that they can mask some of the issues. And the supports just don't need to uh uh Ooga Booga caveman. Is that the term that we used earlier? <laughs> yeah. Ooga yeah. booga caveman their windows.
0: Through, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's okay. reserved strictly for last as last show. Okay. I definitely think that there's some questions to be answered here about the Washington Justice though, right? And this is a great yes. match to do it. Like we don't really know what justice is gonna look like. I, we just know that they have a cool roster on paper. Explosive. They play the Titans though, so they probably get a win. I mean, also, right. I think yeah. this
1: should be a super close match, though. I don't think this should be a blowout either way. I think this match, like, even though, like, I would not be surprised to see Fuel lose, is the thing. I'm not over saying, like, there's no universe Fuel will lose this match, right? I think it would not be surprising to see Fuel lose this match, but it's going to be a really good match, I think. Yeah. I think it should be uh, close.
3: I'm a Justice Simp. And even I could see the win condition for Dallas Fuel being like, they pick like one or two heroes that just like completely throw the Justice guard off guard. Like if they come out with like some Doomfist comp or like some Sombra composition and just outmaneuver the Justice. Well, we like, don't know Mag's Ryan. We
1: don't really know Mag's Ryan at the Overwatch League level yet, right? And that's another big question mark for me sure. is watching how they perform. And like sure, Mag top tier, like we've seen his Ryan, but we haven't seen the Overwatch League yet. So, like, we're sure. just going to have to see yeah. how that... Like, while Fearless, we know Fearless is a really good Ryan. And we know Hanmin yeah.
3: is very, yeah. very good at supporting him. Well, yeah. I'm going to see what the maps are for this one.
0: I don't think you can see the maps I ahead of time. You can, yeah. Which, which I think is going to be a bit of a flaw, like, going forwards in the season, because the maps are preset, so I don't know why they aren't just announced before time. So, But
1: honestly, uh, I don't want to be a map Marvin. I've always just printed from the heart. Who cares about map the maps? Marvin. Don't be a map Marvin. <clears throat>
0: um, the next game that we've got is the next Dallas Fuel one. Because they play again against a team that we haven't seen yet. It's the Boston Uprising. And we're all here. We're all going with the Dallas Fuel. But I don't think it would have been crazy for someone to take a punt on Boston. But it would be a punt, wouldn't
3: it? I I flip-flopped a couple of times. So I don't know Mm. what snapshot Kurt got. But I was ready to go into this graphic and be like, it's either Boston or Dallas Fuel. I flip-flopped 3-2 either direction like three times this morning.
0: All right, well, what, what's I your really reasoning believe- for... I think you're probably the highest on Boston, then, out of all of us. So what was your reasoning yeah. behind Boston potentially taking it?
3: Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm high on the Boston Uprising. I think that they'll uh, surprise a lot of people. I think I was also looking... Yeah, now when you ask me, I can't really understand why. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> okay okay actually actually this this was this was for uh, I, I this was for another matchup josh but we'll get there but ah. i do think that there was an uprising they are they are actually like an underdog and i think they're going to fight upwards because i think they have a lot of uh great players and i think they'll definitely expose some teams in the overwatch league like if you don't have your shit together like valentine's gonna come for your ass like that's just how it is <laughs> i really believe that, that. is
2: yeah. that's graphic <laughs> Yeah,
3: yeah. graphic. Yeah. I I think they have a lot of great players. Like a, a backline of Faith and Myonbong, that's gonna be good. They picked up also this this past week as well. Yes, that's great a great addition. Bit. I'm not not even like talking shit about Punk. Punk is good, okay. But Gabrielse and Stan one tank line, that's a solid tank line. I think Boston uprising. They'll consistently be a good team this season that is going to abuse some teams that aren't consistent or are struggling with the meta. Because I think as well that, like, Lori is going to be able to coach this team and actually get some decent compositions going. I don't think they're going to be world beaters by any means, but I think there'll be a solid, like... Gatekeeper. So, yeah, gatekeeping, yeah. but slightly better. Like, right. I don't think they're just going to default lose to good teams. Like, uh, are you I putting think them in the same tier as, teams. like,
0: an Atlanta or Toronto of what we've seen this week? Would that be, like, a 50-50 coin flip kind of game for you?
3: Yeah, you? I, I'd say, I'd say uh, Boston Uprising are, to me, what Toronto Defiant are for, I've asked. <laughs>
0: okay. I
1: mean, so, well, right. so you would say you'd have them top five? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, when we did our rankings, I did say that, like, the the, the peak level for Boston Uprising is certainly top five NA. The peak, okay. if a lot of yeah, shit goes fair. wrong for the teams. But that's I don't fair. think that's they'll get little, there. But That's a little no. bit
1: hotter than my take, I God, think, yeah. personally. Yes, right? uh, you know, that's that's also, I, I think Boston will be better than Rain long term, though. I will still go with that. I think Boston is going to be a better team than Rain long term. Really? Okay. Yeah. If everything works Nine. out for them, Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah, if, if it works if, they, if there's if this team comes together and god if they can get Gable Sheet in the states, hmm. Cuz also Punk I have never been I never thought Punk was bad, but I've always just like I've never been down on Punk, you know. I always felt like he performed well, but he never seemed like a player that was going to take a team to like the top level. But this could be his year, right? Like who knows? He's probably they're probably going to play with Punk in this next match with Gable Sheet, because else they have to play with Gable Sheet on Pain. Yeah.
0: They had a shit next so, like, year.
1: This this could be this could be his yeah he had a bad team last year like it wasn't a great so like maybe this is the year where like you know punk really impresses me so like who knows right
0: yeah. Um okay well let's take a look then at the uh, the other Boston Uprising game of the week because I believe that's the one that Jonathan means he was actually flip-flopping over it's the Boston mm-hmm. Uprising against their perennial rivals the Los Angeles Which Gladiators who are all
2: what? Oh, <laughs> oh! Boston? You got Boston
0: for this? Okay, okay. And I've got to say, I might be the least high on Boston out of all of you. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, when I said, we were talking a little bit before this episode began, and I said, my preds this week, I just predded for the narrative. And this was one where I've simply predded for the narrative. Because mm-hmm. for Gladiators, Gladiators shouldn't lose this game. They shouldn't. They're no, a much no. better team on paper. You know, they've always struggled against the Boston Uprising, and Boston are coming out. It's their first first matches, maybe a bit of a honeymoon period. Are gladiators feeling boomed after their 1st Norton 0-2 week? I'm sensing, I feel like it would be just too perfect to have gladiators lose here, so I'm going with it.
3: Also, yeah, I was thinking about this as yeah. well. So I was thinking like, okay, well, how does gladiators have to win this, this series? Because I think if they want to win, they'll have to come out and dominate. And they certainly have the individual skill to do so. Like, they could come out in, like, 3-0 Boston Uprising, and I'd be like, holy shit, it's the screambox Gladiators. But if this one goes to map 5, am I confident oh. that Gladiators are not going to be boomed on map 5 in their third match with, like, what we've seen from week 1? That's where I feel like Boston Uprising has the edge. They're like, holy shit, we're map 5 against Gladiators. We're going to come out and beat them. So I feel like the longer the series gonna- goes on the better it is for uprising. So if you can win like one or two maps, I think that's really good.
2: I think you'll know how the series is going to go within the first 10 minutes. I think you'll know like with how the Gladiators come out and how Boston looks on control. Yeah. I think you'll have a really good sense of whether Gladiators will assert their dominance and win
0: or they'll lose a free fight and be like, oh my God, it's going to happen yeah. again. And then I mean, Boston will continue. You might know how this game goes by the result of the Boston-Dallas match as well. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Because I do think there's... I do think there's... I like, and I'm not picking Boston because I'm particularly high on them across the season. I actually don't believe in them that much. Like, I think the idea of them being fifth in NA is a a, a miracle run. To be honest, that would exceed all of my expectations massively. I also think that Gladiators have pretty much got better players at every position right now too. But that doesn't mean that they're gonna. That doesn't. That's not how the game is played. Boston. Boston have also got quite a bit of hype around them. Uh, around the like scrim bucks at the moment too, not as much as Gladiators obviously, but people are people are fairly confident about Boston coming into the league. Fuck it, I'll jump on it. I,
3: I will also say Gladiators are playing on Friday against the Lono Spitfire, and the result of that match could very much impact everyone's prediction on this upcoming Boston uprising. Gladiators map as well, because I have I have Gladiators beating Lono Spitfire on Friday three to two. I think that's gonna be close, man. So. If, you know, Claire's win 3-2, maybe even lose 3-2, turn on Spitfire, you never know. I think a lot more
2: people will lean Boston Uprising come Saturday. Uh, I hope for Gladiators' sake they don't lose I mean, or have a
0: cross game to London. I feel like that'll have be... To win uh, it's not week. out of
3: the realm of possibility. Oh, it's no, it's
0: not, but... But for Gladiators, they really do need a 2-0 week coming up. Yeah, like, That's what oh, they absolutely. need. Yeah, you can't be dropping... Get, if, for the team with Gladiators' aspirations, you can't be dropping matches to Boston and London, but wouldn't it be funny if they did mm-hmm. okay let's move over to the apac region um i can't remember which of these comes chronologically first i think it's spark against the philadelphia fusion which is our number six match of the week um am i right with that can someone take a look at the schedule Love Spark. Fusion.
1: oh yeah. wow <laughs> We have three people pick. Wow. We actually wait, have three
0: people. Pick wait spark, pick a second. Spark? What the fuck is this? I thought I was the only Sparks <laughs> in no! What is this?
1: No! Uh, me too! Me too! I'm a <laughs> Sparksim! Me spark. too! I
3: am stunned. The Philadelphia Fusion with Hotman Tony. Oh my god, I
2: did take Philadelphia. I don't think I updated my thing. I was gonna take Philly, but yeah, I like Hangzhou. <laughs> Well, well,
0: that's sorry. not a good, not a good how, the fuck, how the fuck do we do a power ranking where I'm begging you, begging you to get Spark out of the 12th position? And then we come in and you're rate you're rating them above Philadelphia a two and a week. How how Who? has this happened? Oh no, I, I He's so not I talking to these, me. I had Spark out of my ranking. I, I made these
2: predictions uh I think I actually may have filled this out during week one because I also had Yeah. So, all right, okay. Well, I think Philly, I had
0: Philly now. Uh, okay. Okay. All right, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Well, just Why me and Avas, then, fucking Hangzhou? a vast pink camp.
1: Well, here, Josh, how about you explain your defense of Hangzhou? How about you explain it?
0: Well, here's the thing I am a spark simp. I simply think that the talent on this team is is top level. And Preach! The, Preach, go on, but go But I think there's some <laughs> serious issues that this team has to overcome to be able to get there their their coaching staff hasn't really done anything in the past before they um they have obviously these communication problems but the hunger spark have been good before they've been good in the past and i just think that this extra oomph that this team is able to deliver and the long period of time that they've had to be able to scrim before the season began the the length of this preseason is only going to benefit the hungzhou spark i think i know there's these fucking wild rumors flying around that maybe they were the team that was losing to um valiant or whatever i don't know the truth of any of that i don't know i don't want to buy into it and it doesn't I've...
1: fucking matter doesn't matter if they were doesn't matter yeah
0: i I could see the spark being shit at the beginning of the year. I can see it. But I just can't help but be enticed in by their strength on paper and that beautiful little pink logo. Kabow!
3: So we've seen Philly go 2-0 and in week one. Well, okay. let's, I mean, admittedly, let's it was only Soul Dynasty.
0: Let's be clear about the 2 0. One of those is against the Valiant, too. right? Yes. Like, yeah. we're True. not. We're talking 2 and 0. Like, they've fucking two big wins on the board. One of them's against. And a also, guinea. we
1: literally haven't seen Spark. So, it's not like some sort of like, crazy, like, oh, Spark just lost the Valiant. Well, like, there's literally no metric to which to rate Spark. This is what I wanted to qual-
3: clarify. Are you predicting Hangzhou? Because you'll be. You think they'll be better than Philadelphia Fusion performance in week yes. one? Or do you think that Philadelphia Fusion overperformed like, in week one and like, they'll bring it down a notch for week two? No, Does this I, make any sense? I am so I, yeah, tired. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, I get what you mean. I think when I look at the Philadelphia Fusion against Seoul Dynasty game, right? Because that's the, that's the meat of how you assess Philadelphia. That mm-hmm. they, they played well, both teams were good, but both teams weren't top tier. Both teams weren't fucking knocking my socks off with how good they were playing. It was just teams taking chunks out of each other back and forth. Or not even back and forth, actually, because Saul ended up getting the worst end of the majority of it. But I wasn't... I was impressed because my expectations coming in were very low for Philly. Because I thought, well, fuck, how can they win with two brand new subs? So now my expectations are at a reasonable level for Philadelphia, but my expectations for Spark are already at that level. My expectations for Spark are to already be as good as Philly Showcase does this week, as good as the Soul Dynasty Showcase does this week. And that's already being tempered by the fact that I know that they have comms issues and stuff. If if this team didn't have comms issues, if this team had a good coaching staff— Motherfucker, the fuck would I be rating them as one of the best teams? No, they 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 yes. have all
2: the talent, right? I mean they, they have a, they have a sick roster. Right? So I feel like uh, it's like
0: a sick roster, dragged down by communication, dragged down by comms, and they're gonna be at a similar level to Philly with two subs. If they put it that, together though, I, I mean it. they'll be fucking sick.
1: Exactly. Like I really do I and also the thing is this is entirely we haven't seen them play. We're early in the season, so there's not like a lot of data. So like
0: guess what? This
1: is literally me projecting my preseason rankings onto another prediction of saying I believe Spark was gonna be better than Philly <laughs> before the year began. Really? I still spark, oh, spark yep. above Philly. Yep.
0: End of season rankings. Spark above Philly. Yep. Oh, yeah, people
1: mauled God. it very heavily about that. Though to be fair, at this point it's kind of a tradition for me to make to piss off Fusion fans because I just find it funny. I just <laughs> kind of find it funny to piss off Fusion fans at this point. Okay. So like it's kind of but I, I honestly do believe this roster is fucking nasty. I believe this potentially is like the best roster in the league even if <laughs> they could just get it together.
0: <laughs> okay. I yeah. Can- yeah. Dude, don't yeah. saddle yeah. me with this guy. Don't yeah. I'm I'm yeah. high on them but not yeah. that high on them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Think about that one. Think about that one for a minute. Okay. now Yep. you believe been but, the pink Spartans. I, I didn't think, but it didn't matter how good the roster was because I didn't think they were ever going to be better than like a shock or something because like they were just never going to be able to get it together enough. Okay. Well,
0: let's continue this pink trend and talk about the next Show Spark game of the week. It's them playing against the New York Excelsior. And we have not seen the NYXL either. So I am excited to see where you guys have gone with this. Oh, I feel wow. like, I feel like old, uh, old, Huffing the pink mist over here is going to be extremely high <laughs> on the Hungry of spark, but let's see. Yep. I still got
1: them, yeah, here we yeah. go. Yeah.
0: I'm buying into Scrum. But scrim once bucks. again,
1: there's no there's no evidence to dispute. Like we're this is nope. just preseason rankings we're doing, yep. right? There's just preseason rankings. Yep. So that's it. I'm,
0: I mean, I'm buying yep. the scrim bucks on New York, though. I am buying them, and this is because it's been a continued. It's like a car salesman where they give you the pitch and then you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not interested. And then they keep going at you and keep going at you and they just bully you down and bully you down. And eventually you're like, oh, I'll take the fucking car. All right, I'll buy New York. I'll buy the stonks. All right, let me down in week one, you little fuckers. Let me down. Because that's what I'm expecting to happen. I've, I've, I've saddled myself up, foolishly.
3: I'm not that high on New York. Like, I don't buy into the Box that hard. I'm a bit more like a Vast, you know? Like, Screenbox a bit overrated don't want to go all the way there. I think week one for Hangzhou in New York is the beginning of the boomage for the Hangzhou spark. I think people are going to be, just like us, are going to be sorely disappointed by the performance of this team. I don't, I understand they have great individual skill on the roster. I understand that the peak performance of this team has the potential to be amazing. But I think they're going to be a dumpster fire. I think they're going to be <laughs> garbage. And so, therefore, I'm pre- predicting bo- against them both times in week two. Oh, both times as well. Yep. All right. Well, Matt's
0: disappeared. So, let's, and if let's I'm actually. Wrong,
3: I'll buy all the stocks. You know, I'll buy at a higher price. It's oh. all
0: good. I mean, let's move on. To be made. <gasps> oh, hello. Wait. Hey, Hugo, Hugo was sh- just beating my
2: door down. Who was? Hugo. He was oh, just, your, well, your dug.
0: dog?
4: Your do dog yeah, the this tiny big. dog.
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did. He did it. Hey, come here. Do you have, like, what? a cardboard door? He's got his marshmallow in his mouth.
0: Okay, <laughs> New York in their next game, then. Matt, uh, Jonathan said that he was predicting against them in both of the series. They play against the Chengdu yeah. Hunters. Is anyone crazy enough to have them against Chengdu? Oh, no. No,
3: no, no, that's
1: not what no. I said at
2: all. Chung. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: this is pure i am i'm seeing it the eyebrow raise this is a man i see it already you're high this is a narrative this is a what narrative is slash scrim spread
0: the narrative <laughs> slash scrim of spread. course it and is no of course it is oh. there's no good reason to believe this but i'm going for it anyway you know crazy shit happens all the fucking time in apac i <laughs> i heard that justification but crazy <laughs> shit
2: happens all the time. it's valid it's valid it's valid
0: predictions predictions based on a team you've never seen before are just a fucking spunk into the wind anyway who the hell knows so i think that spunk in the wind yeah, a little bit. I think that um, the, the style that Chengdu plays, revolving a lot around the ball, playing a lot of poke compositions, that's going to play into Guangboong. And I think if this, if, you, if this guy performs like he has done in the past, in Contenders, in the, the scrim rumors as well, he might just fucking lay down the daddy dick and give them the business New York style. He's, I can deal with the avass smog.
3: I can't deal with the sideshow smog if this happens. Well, the I thing can't. is though, I can't take no,
1: any can credit for this at all. This though, this would yeah. actually make sense. This is like it doesn't this make sense. Team. No, it does make sense because New York <laughs> is highly New York has a, like a this is it's all just like a rookie roster, right? Where there's literally it could be anything. It's a mystery box. It is. Yeah. There could be there's like it could be all sorts of shit in there. There could be a turd, there could be 300 pounds of gold, I don't know. Like there's so much <laughs> shit that's possible with the New York roster that legitimately I'm not mad with this pick. It just isn't really logical. It's like it's like it's kind of just a random guess to see.
0: It is a bit of a random guess, except that I wouldn't feel that confident preding New York against a team where I thought that they were going to get forced into a lot of really like teamwork based matchups or some kind of rush mirror or something like that. But I don't get the feeling that that's going to be the case in this game. I think this is going to be some good old fashioned DPS hamming it out because of the way that Chengdu played when they came up against the valiant because of the way that Chengdu have been generally leaning with their comps i think it's going to open the door quite a lot for for that to be a huge factor in how they play in terms of guang boon and one of the other two dps getting fielded and having a large impact on the game um i actually I, i feel like this one is more likely to come through than maybe the new york against i mean the fuck knows when it comes to New York Spark because that's two teams we've literally never seen. But but I feel like this is a good matchup for New York. Um, I'm not confident in them going two and zero, but I think it'd be, I think it's, it's feasible. God That'd be a you, wild so, so. A
2: wild week for New York to go. I, I mean, one and one for New York, you're fucking happy. If they go two and yeah, zero, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you could be happy with New York going zero and two and having close games, genuinely, because yeah. they're such a yeah. young roster, right? Like the expectations are not. Not fantastic really? for them. Um, we had another game to go through. What the fuck was it? Oh, here it is. Number five, Chengdu against the Philadelphia Fusion, baby. This is some real shit. let see some
1: pandas. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Whoa.
0: Let's fucking go. Where's that fourth panda, Jonathan?
3: I am predicting Philadelphia Fusion. I like this roster. The honeymoon phase is real. And Chengdu are in the Chengdu zone. You guys don't even see it. Yes, they beat Shanghai Dragons 3-0. It was because Shanghai Dragons were poop. It was not because we saw the sheer, the sheer excellence of GaGa on main tank. Yes, it's a great addition. Yes, they picked up so many good players. I understand that. But they're not world beaters. They're not like the upper echelon of Overwatch gameplay. Look, Chengdu are still Chengdu. And they're going to lose some wonky-ass matches. And this is one of them against the Honeymoon Do you think Chengdu
2: election. beats Philly, but loses to New York. No. No. Josh. Oh, you're talking to Josh. Oh, me?
0: Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes, I I, I do think That's weird. You're like, no. And then you're like, oh, wait, hold on. You think that's a weird take? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a weird take at all. I I mean, it's
1: once again, it's a weird take and just the fact that it's just like, throwing shit at a board because we literally don't know right fusion looked all right but fusion
0: have been playing a lot of rush stuff as well like they were playing rush on blizzard world and really trying to force it like as much as possible playing carpe rascal like rascal playing a lot of the may i feel like they're quite a readable team and i don't think i think they've got like the um i don't know whether it seems like the meta is not heading in that direction It's heading more of the Chengdu direction where you're getting value out of poke comps or double bubble comps. And I just, I I think that Chengdu has played those comps really, really well. It's the year of the Jinmu MVP. I
3: I feel the need to clarify this. Again, I haven't (laughs) seen these matches because I just haven't had the time because of the schedule of the desk. So if you're a Fusion fan and you feel like I'm analytically justifying predicting your team, you have no idea. <laughs> I don't understand anything that happened with Fusion the past week. I am just predicting this because I feel like Chain Hunters are still the Chain Hunters and are going to lose some weird matches. There is no analytical uh, proof whatsoever behind this prediction of mine. It, that's so
0: okay. Don't that's the average Fusion fan, Johnny. That's the average Fusion fan. That's the same no for everyone. tweet
3: though. me and be like, reinforce our analyst. This was just me guessing. Okay. You, we
0: uh, haven't even seen half the teams. There's no there's no nah, reason yeah. that anyone should be confident in any preds that they make right now.
2: <laughs> if you're Philly though, and you have a three and one stage, like let's say you beat Hongzhou and then lose to Chengdu, and then you had that week off to practice even more with Hotba and Toby, like you feel pretty good about maybe going into the main melee making some noise. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think sure. like that's completely fair. Yeah, yeah, You sure. have to see oh, how late. they play versus yeah. Spark.
3: Is the big thing just how do they play versus Spark? Oh, I mean, when you say that as well, wouldn't that mean that they would be playing NA teams, and you're saying
2: Fusion would beat NA teams? Huh? Oh well, uh, oh, I mean, like because uh... they'd make it to Hawaii. I'm saying make yeah. it out of APAC, like oh, if you yeah. they oh, yeah. out I of mean, A-pack. well,
1: I mean, definitely this fusion roster could beat in A teams. I mean, it just depends which ones, but they could definitely beat yeah. in, oh, in A teams. I mean, yeah.
3: I'd love to see that. Oh, I can't wait to see these teams play against like Houston, like the the, the yeah. absolute elite teams of the NA region. Houston outlaws,
0: <laughs> dude. That's, <laughs> that still hurts. It's that's so. It's so wrong hurts to say. <laughs> it's so wrong. I'm yeah. I'm kind of loving it though as well. The, man Texas deserves it this season. The, those fans have been. I mean, they've been little shits at times, <laughs> but they've also endured some hardships. Yeah. Oh. Yes, um, they have. Okay, it's now time for the best segment, the one that everybody always waits for. And this time, we're doing it properly. Because no longer is it just Bren's Player of the Week. This oh. week, it's Bren's Player of the Week, presented, of course, by T-Mobile! Woo. Yeah! I'm there doing is. my best Bren impression. He shouts a lot and then he flexes, right? Is that what he does? Shout and flex. Yeah, he does a very,
1: does very great ape behavior. You have to get like, like a gorilla in a zoo enclosure type of thing. There you go. <laughs>
0: there the we go. Hell?
1: Like that. That's that, the one.
0: Is that zoo like? That's, okay. That's a
3: gift. That's a gift. I love it.
0: Friends, That's player of the week presented by T-Mobile. I didn't prep for this at all, so I'm hoping that there wasn't like something already pre-planned because I've just come up with one over the course of the episode. Does that work, Kurt? <laughs> Yeah, so I wouldn't have it any other way. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> the, my, my, my player of the week, I think, is not going to be particularly a hot take. And now that we're back into the Overwatch League, it's actually going to be a fucking player as well. I'm going to take control this week. I tweeted about it as well. It's Jangu, baby. It's just oh, yeah. Jangu. The guy is a boss. We already knew he was really good at Ryan, right? We've seen him actually in Contenders playing really well on the rain, and we've seen him play ball too. I'm... Uh, Yeah, those were fantastic, and that's part of why I'm giving it to him this week. But his Winston was also really good, and that is nuts. He played against some of the hardest competition he's ever going to play against across this whole league by playing against Fearless, Super, and Smurf in his opening week. And he he was just really, really solid. Even when he wasn't the best main tank in the server, he still was not getting outclassed in any significant manner. And I feel like, you know, you can, you can talk about um, the Houston Outlaws as being a great team, and they certainly are, and they've done a lot of work towards that, but you can't go anywhere without that great main tank player. And it, the, the enormous step-up that the Houston Outlaws have had from, from Mooma, from hydration playing main tank, to getting <laughs> Jangu is, it's unreal. Wild. By the way, yeah. too, people weren't rating Jangu this highly coming out of contenders you know mag number one main tank coming out of contenders this year as a rookie uh gaga behind him with slightly different skill set coming out from the chinese region muse probably the second best main tank coming out from korean contenders by by consensus and then behind that there's people like jangu people like takoyaki people like I swear there's another rookie main tank that came into the league this year as well. Well, not apparently. a rookie, but Yakpung's back. Uh, oh, for, sure, Yakpung's back. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was where Django was supposed to be, in that secondary tier of rookie main tanks. Fuck all the way off. He's, I mean, if he continues to play like this, he's looking like a boss. He's instantly slotted into the, the top tier, and I hope it continues, because the man is a delight to watch.
3: Yeah, I mean, we can't talk about the Houston Outlaws enough. Like, what a breath of fresh air. Like, truly, yeah. like their play overall.
0: I is really just, like, hope so they good. don't I crumble. I love it. Oh, if they crumble, I'm going to be so sad. If they sad. crumble,
1: it'll be sad. But it'll man. also be oh. kind
0: of delicious, too. But no. I really oh, yeah. hope yeah. it doesn't
1: happen. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah, I Because we
3: always look back at week one and be like, what if, dude? But like, that
1: would be I the most Houston thing ever. That would be, that'd be so Houston. Yeah. Dude, Houston, but, Houston but, had like an amazing stage season one. But here's
0: why I don't believe it's going to happen as well, is because you start to crumble when you. Are losing, and you can't figure out why you're losing, and you just kind of get lost in your own source and if you th- th- being able to be a a team that gets wins disguise not disguises but um it makes the interpersonal issues that we were concerned about with Houston at the beginning of the season, like trying to combine pieces from all over the place, and Jake's kind of um blurry role on the team as well. All of those things that were potential hurdles for the Houston Outlaws are just going to get knocked over. You're not even going to have to worry about them if they keep winning. Like th- th- those kind yeah. of things are just not going to crop up. So as long as they can keep this kind of performance going, the momentum going, then, yeah, it's, it's all looking rosy.
3: Mm. I'd say um, the only contender for Brent's Player of the Week presented by T-Mobile, to me, would probably be Sado chugging Coca-Cola. Love that good stuff oh nice. yeah, you yeah
2: know a his, two liter yeah, bottle nice uh, oh you know you his na- what
1: his name is an anagram for soda <laughs> <laughs> his name's an anagram for soda Ooh, <laughs> uh, i'm too, uh, too tired
0: for this um oh, did you see no. the clip actually that Logics had on his twitch where he was talking about he called it a graveyard of cola bottles that were just <laughs> left everywhere because Sado buys two-liter bottles of Coke. <laughs> At the beginning of every day, Sado buys a two-liter bottle of Coke, but then he doesn't drink all of it over the course of the day. He drinks like two-thirds of it, but then he doesn't want to drink. He leaves it, and then he doesn't want to drink the same bottle the next day because it's not so fit. unhealthy. So there's just a third of a bottle carcasses littered around the landscape. Who tweeted it? I want to find this. Uh, they were drawn to was logics right yeah it was logics right? okay. yeah, it, it, it was like his top yeah. top clip of this week i'm sure oh, but it was right, a clip right. i don't
1: think he tweeted it It was just no it was clip. a twitch
0: clip yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but At he was just described it it. I mean, that, he's coke gonna Zero's melt a his stuff. teeth he is gonna melt his teeth off melt his teeth <laughs> off <laughs> yeah i mean coke Apparently coke the is lovely, guys but like i mean
1: albert tells me that all the mayhem guys drink a shit ton of coke too like all of them do, so they're that's just supporting surprising the league because I didn't think it was that popular. Coca Cola, thank you for sponsoring, sponsoring the league. Coke, yeah. the
2: yeah. official
0: refreshment of the Overwatch League.
3: Didn't you also like their, uh, their, their
2: caffeine drinks? Y'all, Coke Energy
0: was legit. Coke Energy was good. It actually was. We got that last
2: year, yeah. It was pretty good, actually. Josh is a Pringles guy. He's just wolfing down (laughs) the
0: fucking Pringles. Um, Pringles is still a sponsor of the Overwatch League this year, and I'm just waiting for them to ship me another 80 crates of it because, baby, this dad bod hasn't got dad enough. We we're going. <laughs> yeah. I I said to Bren, I'm not going for Uncle Egg energy this year. I'm going for more of like the Daddy energy, like the the you know it's a, the evil brother to Uncle Egg. It's Daddy Eggplant. I'm I'm bringing out the Daddy Eggplant this year. And well,
1: I feel like when I hear that, it's like a limity snicket evil dad, <laughs> where like you're trying to steal a kid's fortune or something by marrying their mom, because that's like the energy you dislike, like, daddy energy is very different from, like, evil dad energy, you know? Then sure, you're just, sure. Like, little, no, I, I
0: didn't mean evil twin necessarily, just the twin. Just a twin with a the bit twin. more of a, uh, a different vibe. All I want really is to, for people to spam the eggplant emoji when I come on screen, because that, I feel like that would be a great way of manipulating <laughs> Twitch chat. <laughs> Did you see,
2: uh, Somebody made a thing where because you were going robotic, and the one comment you made kill me when you said you turned into an NFT on the fucking yeah, show. Yeah, like the whole screen <laughs> then, just turned into a digital art piece uh, of art. Uh, somebody made a thing where it was like, your half of your face is a fucking robot. Like that's mm-hmm. what you were like. You were like the Terminator, or just you just turned into Robo Show. The yeah. Reddit memes. They're, they're on Great. fire. Love it. There it oh, is.
3: Wow. <laughs> there there is. it is. What it have is. they done
0: to my face? <laughs> They've done something weird to my face. What do you mean? I don't know what. Is that what I normally look like? My face is just grayer and darker than everything else?
3: Yeah, Yeah, the headset melts a bit in the broadcast. No, no, I mean,
0: can you see? I look like my face is a cadaver. Can you not see the difference (laughs) between my skin tone? That looks about right to me. (laughs) Fuck it! All oh, right, just ending with horrific insults towards. Dude, Johnny looked like he leg. was
2: nah. Dude, Johnny looked like he was a fucking hologram at times. It looked like he was not real. He was just <laughs> so yeah. Like was Johnny was <laughs> It was like Ooh. Johnny was fucking beamed out of a yeah. projector at a screen. It's <laughs> like Jonathan died. <laughs> Jonathan
0: it. died, and they tried to recreate him using hologram <laughs> techniques <laughs> so that Custer could have one last ride with a fucking musical giant from the old age. I oh, love Christ. the Jeopardy
3: set. It's incredible. Yeah. All right,
0: well, thank you very much for watching this episode of Plat Chat presented by T-Mobile. And you can tune in next week as well and we'll have more and more action for you. We're also planning on bringing back head-to-heads at some point during the season and bringing back Mm -hmm. an interview series as well with with some of the players now that we're not doing our team previews. So there will still be a bunch of content on the channel during the Overwatch League. Um, We've just got to get around to actually making it. So uh, yeah, follow the Twitter, subscribe to the channel. There's a bunch of different stuff coming at you. We will see you next week for episode 84.